Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My name is Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide-angle view of my obsession for ownership, I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected. Though the trophies may be different, the hunters are more similar than they know. The one upside of being a fat kid in the 90s is that all of my old concert t-shirts still fit me as a 45-year-old. And now that all those tees are fetching hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on eBay, I've grown a newfound appreciation for that husky hessian with the McNugget addiction. My guest this episode is vintage seller Frank Finelli, whose love of music and upbringing as a straight-edge hardcore kid keeps him real to this day. So trust that that t-shirt he's selling is 100% authentic. Welcome to the show, Frank Finelli. I, for the last 17 years, have been a touring person. Uh, and when I say that, I mean that I have done several different jobs on the road. I started as a person in a band. I sang for a band for a really long time. We toured all over the place. And then um, when that ended in 2013, I just kept on going behind the scenes as a merchandiser or a merch manager, uh, tour manager, lighting technician, uh, things of that nature, just VIP rep, everything like that. Yeah. Um, so even just just this year, just this year, I've done um, uh, a rapper JID. I've done Seal. I've done Weezer. I've just done the Boy Meets World podcast. Uh, yeah, it doesn't end. I'm about to go to go to Europe with Pennywise. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who has better merch, Seal or Weezer? Uh, well, I guess I'm biased because I'm actually a Weezer fan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you that I had a lot more fun on Weezer, but I was a lot more relaxed on seal i imagine the venues are vastly different between the two acts right yeah yeah we like were the in seal the seal play does he play bigger venues than weezer no uh we were in uh i would say half decent sized theaters for seal and then for weezer we were in very large amphitheaters so seal does like the theater thing he is so great i i, I love seal i love weezer too yeah, i mean he definitely still has it he's good yeah that's yeah. cool so you didn't answer my question. Oh, well, I guess you're biased because you like Weezer. But you know oh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Aside from the logo, which is one of the coolest things around, you know, the homage to Van Halen logo, does Weezer have good merch? Like, are they? Are there any legendary Weezer tees that customers of yours might be fawning over? So the only, the only two Weezer tees that I own are the only two Weezer tees that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, so to, to answer your question, there... I've seen some that aren't really out there much. Like yeah. uh, Weezer has their own, like, I'm going to butcher this word, 
archivist. Yeah, no, that's, I said that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they have a guy. They have a guy who's been with them since before they were even called Weezer. A very close friend of theirs. Uh-huh. I'm still tours with them to this day. He has everything they've ever done. Everything they've ever printed. Wow. Um, so I've seen some things that people probably don't even know exist. Uh-huh. Um, just from him, like showing me pictures and things like that. But um, Weezer is one of those bands that didn't have, just like you said, didn't have a ton of t-shirts that were like iconic other than just maybe people knowing the logo um a lot of their shirts are pretty plain with just that logo but on this specific tour i'll put a feather in my own cap on this one um and it's not because of me i just happen to be the guy who you know facilitated this tour but uh this was their best merch tour they've ever done in almost 30 years so uh i can't speak for other tours that they've done previous to this but um this leg of touring seemed to be pretty good as far as merch was concerned. Don't you think that kind of every band and every kind of act has stepped their merch game up? I've always yeah. bought a shirt at shows, but like now you go to the merch booth and it's like a store. It's like a mini store. And I feel like it was like, it's always kind of big, uh, been a thing with like, you know, acts like Metallica and like, even like, you know, like watch the throne era sort of stuff. And um, a lot of like the rap groups have kind of made like, made the merch kind of um ecosystem kind of step its game up in terms of what's possible and i feel like these days like acts know like oh we should come correct with all of our merch we shouldn't just have like one or two shirts we should actually have a lot of variety and uh accessories not just t-shirts anymore am i am i off in that well yes and no yes in the fact that merch is such a big deal now because streaming brings in virtually no money unless you're you're streaming billions of well if people are streaming your songs billions of times that's a different story you could at least probably you know you survive but touring is where everybody makes their money if you can draw and fill out an arena and so, so on and so forth you know you have a career you can you can tour and make that money always merch has a big part of that obviously there's guarantees where for those of you who don't know what guarantees are uh, a an agent, a booking agent for a band will book said tour for said band in all these venues. And in order to get them in the door, the promoter, whether it be Live Nation, AEG, or a you know an outside company, whatever the situation is, whatever the promoter is for that venue, uh, they have to agree to paying a specific amount of, uh, amount of money to get the artist in the door to play mm-hmm. said show. So that agreement happens and guarantees are big, big money, obviously, because that's to pay for a lot of different things. Uh, and also just the fact that, you know, to get them there. But merch is is absolutely the biggest revenue for most artists, for most. Um, if you look at Taylor Swift right now, um, and that's obviously the like the biggest artist on the planet currently, but she'll, <laughs> I, I, maybe I shouldn't go that deep uh, because it's not my business, but I know she's, she's doing many millions per show for each city and i know that because i know people on those tours so i mean those are it's just that's just the nature of the beast now merch is a big deal but to to counteract what you said with the stores and whatnot of being you know almost like larger than life and like kind of traveling shops if you will um data finds that honestly only three of your designs make you the most money I'm not saying you should have three designs in each of you know your your setups, but three out of the let's say ten items that you're selling, only three of them are really making you the money. The other seven are kind of just 
trickling in here and there. But yeah. it's three items that are really your your main focal point and your main money making uh, items. I don't have this personal data like amongst the bands that I work for. I mean, I could pull it up, but this is uh there's there's companies that are out there that literally sell for the biggest festivals and artists on the planet that have this data of thousands and thousands and thousands of of uh events all over the world it having the biggest amount of you know the biggest and craziest looking merch circus at uh, arenas or 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 stadiums and things like that it's more so just problematic for who you hire to run your merchandise uh than Uh anything because only a few only a few things are really making you the most amount of money right yeah um so how what what was the biggest thing with Weezer what was everyone buying on that tour uh this tour was it was pretty good that there was only nine items in total which is great for me uh Uh I I love when it's not a big merch line like or 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 skew there's not a lot of skews and things like that yeah that's my favorite especially as somebody who's been touring for a while I know what's too much and what's too little or whatever yeah um their two best-selling shirts was obviously the 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 ad mat shirt, which is essentially just the poster for the tour, uh-huh. uh, with tour dates on the back, obviously yeah. because tour, tour dates are your number one. Um, everybody wants tour dates on the shirts. I was at the show. I, I can prove that I was there. I got this T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, that's exactly what it is. Yes, you didn't buy it at Hot Topic or wherever exactly. you get shirts now. Yeah. Right. And, Target, and whatever. some some artists put that shit online, and that sucks uh, afterwards because it kind of, you know, I can understand if they have tons of leftovers or whatever. <laughs> but uh but uh uh most of the time that'll be your bestseller the t- the tour the dates yeah. t-shirt will always be a bestseller yeah but secondly on this tour um and i don't know this song per se uh off the top of my head um i want to say it's from something newer that i just don't know uh from from weezer i'm i'm a 90s i'm a 90s kid so blue album pinkerton were my basically my lifeblood back then um, but uh, they put out a song about a dog. I think maybe it was River's Dog or or whatever. Uh, I would say on their last couple of EPs because they just put out like four EPs around the seasons, I think. Anyway, there was a dog on the shirt and said, Weezer is my friend or Weezer is my best friend, something along those lines. And that sold like crazy. Cool. The dog well, and Weezer, cool. I don't know. You know what? That's like a new classic, right? That'll become, that? like a, that'll become like a new classic shirt. I, it's, it's possible. We sold, I can't. I can't even tell you how many thousands of those shirts. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the cool thing too, like with um tour shirts and and going to, to shows and and getting, you know, like the um the uh actual uh stuff for that tour, in other words, stuff with tour dates on the back and whatnot, is that you know, you you never know what's gonna become like a super iconic vintage shirt in 20 years. Yeah. So that's the game that I love to play when I get to go when I get when I go to shows. I actually haven't been to a concert since we got since we we've come out of the pandemic. Um oh, wow. yeah, I mean I'm eventually gonna go. I've been to Disney and stuff like that. I just haven't been to a concert yet. So um oh, sure. but uh I, I I always love checking out the merch table. I always like, I, I look forward to seeing what the bands have or what the acts have, because I always like getting like a shirt that like I'll hold for like 20 years, 30 years. Oh yeah. <laughs> for me that I have like, you know, I'm, I, I, I went to tons of sh- concerts and shows, you know, since like, I mean, my first concert was, it was either like 
David Lee, it was David Lee Roth's skyscraper tour. So like when he went solo with Steve Vai and I like still have the shirt. So like I, I keep a lot of stuff. I've collected a lot of tour shirts over, over the years. Um, and I'm all, and I'm still buying, like when I go to shows, I'm still looking out for like cool shirts to hold. Cause I'm always like, Oh, that, you know, that that's going to probably look awesome. Like in 30 years when it's all weathered and all cracked <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, you know, cause like, as you know, and we're, you know, we're going to get into um, the vintage tea market. All that stuff has blown up like in the last, like, the, I mean, vintage teas have always been like a big deal, yeah, but like the stuff from like the nineties, like exploded maybe five, six years ago, maybe even late uh, lo- longer though. But, but now the stuff from like, the early aughts has gotten really special too, right? Like that's kind of started just you started to see a spike in that in those vintage, right? Yeah, I mean it's just a whole different generation. Yeah. Um uh I'm I was born in 88, I'm 35. Yeah. Uh so mid 9 mostly late 90s, but mid to late 90s is like my whole young like realizing I like bands for the first time ever, sure. you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Like, Oh, that I like, I remember specifically, and I'm not a, I'm not a Janet Jackson person, but I remember one of the first songs I can remember being like, wow, this is a good song was my mom would always play. I don't even know what year this is. I should look it up. My mom would always play and sing along to some Janet Jackson song. Uh, it's like everywhere I go. Every uh-huh. I just oh. don't know what I don't know what the song's called, but yeah. I remember that specific part and being like, "Ooh, that's a good song." And I was like, I had to be somewhere between like six and eight years old. I don't yeah. I don't know what year it was, uh, but I just remember that specifically. And then obviously from there, you grow up and you you meet a kid in school and they listen to whatever, and that's just how your your tastes blossom from there. Yeah. Um, but uh, the early two thousands a different generation. I mean, uh, you, you have internet for the first time. Yeah. Really, really popping off. You know. Yes. Uh, Napster. Just people had access to music that they didn't have to buy anymore. So a lot of things opened up. So yeah, the even the two thousands merch is starting to actually pick up in price. Yeah, that was it. Was kind of cool because um, I remember years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with the seller. Um, never turn down again. Are you familiar with with that seller? Well, that seller kind of like blew up. And I remember um, patronizing them on eBay before Instagram when and it was all like the 90s, you know, like stuff like ministry shirts or like um, uh, just like random metal shirts here and there. They were always like 60, 70 bucks, like old like tool shirts and stuff like that stuff from like mid 90s, you know. (laughs) But then something happened around like. What's what maybe like 2016, 2017, where like it just blew up and shirts started to become like 300 to 600 bucks. And this is that same like 90s era to yeah. where now it's like I can't even like like it's not even worth it anymore to look for those shirts because they're just so overpriced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not sure. it's not you know, it's it's no longer like 100 bucks, 200 bucks for a shirt. And I would even almost say maybe it was like even early, like 2012 is when that started blowing up and I started noticing the prices increase um, really, really crazy. But I'm noticing that now with like the Blink-182 shirts, My Chemical Romance, like that that bump is starting to happen with that generation of sellers, or I'm sorry, that generation of buyers and sellers, the whole ecosystem sure. of uh, surrounding that era of music, that like pop punk, emo sort of MySpace era of music. Yeah. 
And is that kind of where your focus is with your vintage selling? That's a good question. Um, I know a lot. I try to sell what I know first and foremost. Yeah. Or I, I'm, I mostly try to buy what I know most and foremost because I could I could put forth the argument for certain things better than I can for other things. Yeah. To give you an example, you mentioned Blink One Eighty Two, and I'm sure we have a mutual friend in Dan. Uh, Dan has been bugging me for this one specific shirt, maybe for two years now. But the reason I won't sell it is not only because it's a rare shirt and it's expensive shirt. And Blink is one of those bands that I, I found very, very early on in elementary school. And I think they might be the first and or second band I ever witnessed play live in oh. a concert uh, at the same show. Whoever was first and second that day, I just can't remember, but whatever. They were first or second that day. Uh, so not only did all those things matter to me, but it's one of my favorite shirts. And I only know of four of them on the planet that exist. Yeah. That I know of. I'm not saying wow. there's not others, but I've I collected all four of them. It took me a couple of years to find all four of them. And then I kept one and sold the others for stupid amounts of money. Um, what, so year I, is this? what year did you start hunting for them? Uh, 2020, maybe. Yeah. I, I found one for the first time in 2020. Yeah. And then one or two popped up and I was like, oh, I'll take it. I spent yeah. stupid amounts of money on them. But the whole thing was that um, the reason I was okay with spending that amount of money on those things was because I knew that there weren't many of these things out there. It was, yeah. a, it was a bootleg. It was the craziest bootleg I've ever seen for that band. Blink-182 is another one of those bands that doesn't have a whole lot of really good shirts. They don't, they a huh? No, no. They just... When when they got really big at Enema of the State, which is ninety nine, uh-huh. uh it if you if you pay attention to their merch prior to that, and then you know once they got really big, it everything is super boring and pretty manufactured. Yeah, because uh, they just got so big that they probably only needed to print a couple of things every tour. Yeah, and it didn't matter because they were just selling, 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 selling. Right. Throw the one, throw the boring shirt and hot topic, sell, 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 sell. They were the biggest right. band ever at that time right so their merch got really boring so this specific shirt that i'm bring uh, that i'm talking about uh our mutual friend dan has been on my ass about it but i can put forth that knowledge being like listen i've st- i've studied this little niche market yeah. right here i know because i held all four of them that i'm not selling you this at all number one but if i did it would it wouldn't be for under like three thousand dollars wow i sold my last one for twenty five hundred that, that much was, wow oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah wow so i mean like, blink I, is one of those bands it's a generational band it's I, yeah. you know respect and everything it, it's not not my thing um but like they're one of those bands that people you know they're going to be it, it's one of those things where like 30 40 years now kids are still going to be listening to blink 182 they are they are absolutely a band that changed music in a way yeah for sure i mean like it it or hate it it, for sure yeah i mean you you don't have to like it at all but they were they were the edgy they were like the first real besides green day and they did it differently from green day but the first real like pop punk band to make it right you know punk you what you call they you know they called themselves punk and so green day were punk bands they were punk bands in their own right but the way the world sees it now, they're pop punk bands. You know what I mean? They're the first pop punk band to really make it besides Green Day, but they were a lot edgier than Green Day was. They were doing different things. They were making fun of 
uh, other stars. Like it was, Green Day wasn't doing that kind of thing. So they it, they grasped onto those like like almost like degenerate kids in yes. a way that wanted to rebel. Sure. Uh, against their against like uh, I just I just saw a, a video yesterday that Blink posted and it, it might be old now because that tour is finished, but I saw it because the algorithm yesterday, it's a video of them on stage on the tour that they just completed. And um, Tom brings a kid up on stage and gives them a guitar for whatever reason. And he goes, I'm going to, uh, uh, what do you, what do you have to say for all these people? You have one thing to say, I'm going to put the mic up to your face. And say, what do you want to say to all the people? And the kid just said, fuck you. <laughs> and every, the whole crowd erupts yeah. like that's the kind of kid i was back in the back yes. when i was hearing them for the first time so it's yes. just, they're that band they were they never they never formed to the way society was you know they were their own people and that's why that band will live on forever even though in their 50s now or or early 50s or late 40s whatever people probably like, that's that's come on like that's childish it's like but that's what they were since right. Since the early '90s, when they started, it's like know, they're like an attitude. That band will live, they're big. Yeah, they're that band will live on forever. Attitude. Yeah, exactly. That band will live on forever as this generation's like. Once again, slightly different, but like Motley Crue were a bunch of degenerate partiers. You know what I yeah. mean? It's a just different era, but same kind of feel. Yeah, I I can see the parallel. That's interesting. And by the way, yeah. I saw that clip too on my algorithm, and we're all turning into robots. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> Unfortunately, but I saw that too. That kid was stoked. Yes, I laughed very, very hard, but that's that's exactly me. Like I when they would play the I've heard what the song's called. Uh you know, they would uh, the the shit piss fuck cunt song in two thousand when I saw them, whatever. Yeah, they just they just say a bunch of curse words in a row and they play Sweet. a punk beat behind it. And me being thirteen, I'm like, Oh my god, I can't say this uh, in front of my parents, but at a concert alone, because my mom drove me there and left yeah. me. I can scream it at the top of my lungs. That's <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Do you think that there's like a void in the early aughts up until maybe five years ago, 10 years ago where the merch kind of not, not vanished, but it dimmed due to hot topic. In other words, do you think that there's not a lot, like there's, a, there's not a, a, a dearth of merch from like early 2000s till like 2012 or 2015, maybe let's say, because kids would just go to Hot Topic and be able to get whatever shirt they want. Like, do you think maybe like there aren't a lot of those like, you know, I mentioned I mentioned My Chemical Romance, I, men I mentioned Blink-182, but like what's some of the, of the other bands that were around that time? Like, I guess some of the emo bands and stuff. Like, you know, like some of like the more indie, like epitaph bands or like the. You're saying like, like, are the shirts accessible? Well, is there not? Uh, yeah. Are there, is the, vo did the volume like go down? Really? Like, do you not see a lot of tour shirts from that era because things were sold on, uh, sold in such high volume through Hot Ooh, Topic? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Uh... Like who were the big, like, for instance, like, okay. Like at the drive-in or like, hmm. um, uh. Uh, refused isn't a great example, but like those bands, those like indie kind of um, real punk alternative sure. bands that sure, were sure. around at that time, you don't see a lot of their merch on eBay. And I look, like I look for bot shirts. I look, I look for stuff like that. But I don't, I can't really find a lot of them. 
And I also remember like back back in that time when I was going to shows, they didn't do shirts with tour dates on the back. It was just yeah. like it was just like a that logo was, or something or, that's, or a design. That's one of that was what what I was gonna say. Um, you are right in the fact where I think there was a time where tour dates just weren't wasn't the thing, uh, especially for that niche underground market and genre. Because when you think about it, the bands that are massive always have a tour date shirt. Right. Uh, it's just a different kind of thing when you do when you get into like the underground music, uh, whether it's punk or emo or 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 heavy metal or whatever. There's only certain certain acts that would put out tour date shirts. Yeah, like you don't um, see like a Converge tour date shirt even to this day. No, even. and I and I have a yeah, you're right, and I have a lot of I have a bunch of Converge shirts. Right, uh, that, and that's very. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. And those uh, and those that's the era that I'm looking for right now, like that, like 2000 to like 2015, like those bands, like I'm trying to find yeah. good vintage of that. That isn't like a medium, you know, because like, yes, we're buying, you know, they, so they weren't a lot of XLs I'm, being sold. Yeah, I'm super into old hardcore and punk. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously there's some metal thrown in there, too, but like uh, or metalcore, whatever you want to call it. But like um, uh, I'm a huge I know I'm wearing it right. Now. It's just an easy I'm I'm a huge '90s to early 2000s AFI guy. Yeah. Huge. Uh, same thing with um, Hatebreed and and Glass Glassjaw is my favorite band of all time. There you go. Uh, Hatebreed is is the exception in just those three bands because Hatebreed was an underground hardcore band for a while, and then they got really popular, especially when Perseverance came out, which I believe yes. is 2000, maybe 2001. Um, and then, you know, you started seeing them put tour dates on not everything, but they, a lot more because yeah. they just, they just transferred into that other world of, of fandom yeah. where like almost that's like acceptable or whatever. Yes. But for like, for, for all nineties AFI shirts, I've never seen anything with tour dates on it. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, the word I'm Black. looking for, the word I'm looking for is stifled. Like, do you think that like tour merch was stifled because of, you know, the, the accessibility that hot topic gave, you I know, think, and like, I think between Sorry, go on. Go on. Well, I was just going to make another, you know, like, again, I'm, I'm just stating bands from that time. Like, you don't see a lot of, like, vintage Avenge Sevenfold shirts with tour dates on the back. Like, yeah. you see a lot of, like, Hot Topic shirts where it's just, like, the, the, the print on yes. the front, you know? Yeah. And those are cool for vintage, too, because they have a vibe and there's a certain aesthetic of that era. But I'm hard-pressed to find, like, a lot of shirts like this with dates on the back. That's actually really something I've never thought of before. Um, because of hot topic, right? I would say also because the rise of online like stores and, yeah. and things of that nature. Do you remember? Um, oh, okay, good. I, I I almost forgot it. It was, it was like on the tip of my tongue. I almost forgot. Do you remember Interpunk? Was that a website? Interpunk was a website from I would take a guess and say the late nineties into maybe even within the past 10 years. I don't know how long it lasted, but it's just it's just a guess. I was obsessed with that web store. Yes, it was a web store. Uh, it was like a distribution center for uh, a ton of different labels and uh -huh. bands and whatever that just, it, it's just like any, it's like any merch like store. Like King's now. Road now or something? Yeah, it's the, it's the same concept. Yeah. Uh, same concept, but it was like for hundreds and hundreds of punk and indie bands and emo bands and metal bands and hundreds yeah. and i bought tons of stuff off of that back in the day uh once it was accessible and i would like that's when i stopped like 
uh, my parents are like, well, what do you want for Christmas? I would just literally send them links to stuff on that web store yeah. instead of circling something in the JC Penney, uh, like catalog, which I don't know how, you know, <laughs> anybody who's watching this, if you've never done that before, I I could tell how old you are, yeah. <laughs> but like I would circle shit in like the JC Penney, like catalog or whatever. And then I literally just swapped over like, oh my God, I can buy all these punk records right. and, and, and whatever. Are you, I mean, you're going to get me, you're going to get me a, a Snapcase t-shirt off of yes. Interpunk. Right. And when in 2001, I was like, yeah, please. By the way, Snapcase is another one I've been looking for online too. Snapcase, oh, I, yeah, I VOD, just... like that era. Yeah. Like uh, hardcore. What is it? Hardcore. Is, would that be hardcore 2.0? Is that like 2.0? Yeah. Like, Cause I mean like era. early, like early, they're not youth crew bands. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I would, I would say so. Yeah. Even um, like during the quicksand reunion tour, speaking of like that era, like, yeah. The first when Quicksand like first like got back together and we're touring like their merch wasn't that great like no tour dates nothing like that I feel like recently they've stepped it up but I have one Snapcase shirt that I'm still not even that happy about but it was it was a great deal and it fit me perfectly uh it's a Steps t-shirt uh -huh. and Steps is not my favorite record uh, sure. Progression is my favorite record by sure. far I can't find a Progression shirt that I want I can't so I just had to go for I had to go for a, a victory sleeve hit uh snapcase step shirt which is in my closet right now but yeah yeah they're i put them under a category of i just had this conversation with my buddy jason the, the other day while we were driving home from that tour um there's a couple of bands that i i will die for that i think are incredible bands that have just the worst fucking merch and i could put snapcase into that category now <laughs> thinking about it with you uh snapcase is one incredible band terrible merch incubus is another uh -huh. early incubus I, I love science. I love morning view and whatever that other third one is. Uh, love it. Love it. Love it. Worst merch ever. And then the top tier, top tier. I love this band. I can never say anything bad about them, but God damn it. Besides their merch being absolutely horrible. I love them to death. MXPX. I <laughs> fucking hate their merch so much. And damn it. Do I love that band? Anyway. Why, why do you hate the merch? It's just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there, it's the most like stereotypical like pop punk little stars on shit. Right. Like it, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been searching for a long time, and I've seen one or two that have popped up. They're like, oh, I would wear that, but it's just not in my size because, just like you said, it's getting harder and harder to find good adult size stuff from that era yes. of band. Right. Um. It's just like, especially the emo bands and punk bands, which is not. I'm not big on that kind of style anyway, like that kind of music, especially in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I got into way, I got way deeper into, into hardcore and like Same. metal core, things Same. like that. So Same like, for me. Yeah. I was young and small and, and it was hard, you know, it was, I would never wear anything past like a small at that era. Um, but I've thankfully found, I found most of what I want in an adult size in what, in the, in the genres that I like. Very but cool. I don't I don't envy people that are like obsessed with my chemical romance uh because all those kids were forever like little emo kids that were only wearing the skin tight stuff. Right. Uh so I can't I can't imagine being a 30 something year old now trying to look for like a really good old 2002 uh fucking my chemical romance shirt in an XL. It's just they're in a so landfill hard. probably. They probably didn't even sell that many XLs exactly. at the shows. Yeah. But to answer your question, I never, I never thought of the hot topic thing. Yeah. Hot topic was such a big deal in that era that uh, every, they just sold thousands and thousands of the same designs over and over again. You didn't need tour merch. 
in or, or sorry, you didn't need a tour in order to get your band shirt, whatever right. the band is. Right. Yeah. I never thought of, I never thought of that. How did you make it? Was it has it been a gradual transition to make it um, a uh, a professional endeavor with vintage? How did how did that how did you on ramp into vintage seller? So just like you. In a way, I just kept things for a really long time. There were points of my life where I was super, super broke, where I've definitely sold stuff that yeah. would have been worth good money today. Sure. Uh, I can, I can think of several that I, that like make me sick to my stomach. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. When Give you're me one. Your, Give me one. When you're, uh, nothing that was, it's just like, it, it's my friend's stuff. It's like from, mm -hmm. from bands that nobody knows exist. Right. And I would, I would literally cut off one of my toes to get like, a shirt back there's a band called you can't even find it anywhere there's a long island band i'm a long island kid cool uh there was a long island hardcore band called in on the kill um that was uh you can't find it anywhere it's a band that never left long island never really did anything but it was like a pinnacle band of my early teen years of like holy shit this music is awesome like and, regional uh, hardcore sort of thing yeah yeah uh cool. heavy just heavy like a like uh like an early barrier dead status like like early early 2000s barrier dead just super beat down hardcore kind of thing yeah and they were just punishing live and uh, i befriended everybody in the band because i went to every show ever when i was a kid yeah i don't know where i got the money to do it but uh uh my my friend steve who sang for that band passed away uh uh years later and i had all those i had tons of it, I had tons of it on the kill merch still one of my favorite eps that ever existed in any band of any genre of any size and i'll never if i ever find a nail killer shirt again it would be the most ridiculous miracle of all time but things like that it's not there there are other things that would cost a lot of money and whatever um but uh it's things like that that really like i think about all the time yeah think about all the time right uh, but to answer your question just like you i keep a lot of things uh, the stuff that I didn't sell over the years because I, you know, I thankfully got busy or made a lot of good money from touring or whatever it was. Um, I just kept it and I would move from place to place or whatever. and kept it and just, it would sit in a, a bin and then COVID came around and I did everything that I possibly could do to just stay busy up to the first, I don't know, year of it. And touring still wasn't back yet or not in the capacity that we felt comfortable to do it. And, um, my roommate's boyfriend told me that he was very successful on something called Depop with selling things. And he was a big thrifter. And I don't, I'm not a thrifter. I've, I've never been particularly interested in going to the thrift stores and searching through racks. I have plenty of times, but it's not something that I ever thought was worth all of my time and effort, like a lot of people do. And that's totally fine. If that's, if that's what makes you happy and that's what you enjoy and you become successful off it, by all means, I, it's not within me to do it that way, but he would, he would do it and he would sell stuff on Depop and he, he, uh, he would make tons of money every month. And he's like, and we're sitting there watching, watching TV during COVID. And he's like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, do you have any stuff from like your touring years? I was like, actually, yeah, I got plenty of stuff and stuff that doesn't fit me or I don't care about yeah. or whatever stuff that's not in my closet in my totes from when I moved here or whatever. Yes. But not in my closet. I was like, yeah, I'll look through that. And I remember in the first week of doing that, he gave me all the trips, uh, all the, the tricks and tips on how to make it happen. 
uh, in the first week I made like eight hundred dollars off of off of stuff that I just had. How many shirts? How many shirts? Do you remember how many shirts made that I, for you? I don't. I do remember uh, my my roommate is a professional photographer and videographer. Cool. Uh, I do remember. I have a big loft upstairs where I'm sitting right now. It's a pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah. I filled the entire floor of the loft. And then I just sat in the middle of it with different shirts all folded up. And that's how I, I put, I had them take the picture of that. And that's how I started the journey of like, here, I'm actually selling stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how many, how many things I had, but um, I filled an entire floor worth of it. So I could at least promote that I was doing this or starting this endeavor. That's cool. Um, so yeah, in the first week I made like 800 bucks. I was like, holy shit. Like I, I had no idea. And I don't know what I was pricing those things at. I don't know right. if it was, if it made sense, if I under undersold myself on certain things, I just didn't know. Yeah. From there. Um, I was, like I said, I posted that picture and I said, Hey, I'm buying and selling stuff now. So if you have any of this, 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 and this, please on social media, please, you know, let me know because I know everybody's hurting right now. Nobody's really able to work or if they're they're if they're in the industry that I'm in, you're definitely not working. So if you have old stuff, I'll gladly buy it from you for at least a fair price, not knowing what the hell the fair price would be. And um, I did have, I have, I had a friend, I, I say a friend, I had an acquaintance from West Virginia. He hit me up. He goes, are you going to uh, this event? And he told me about a specific event in Orlando. And I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Orlando. I live here now. He goes, you, you don't know what that is? I was like, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily give him the, the plug or whatever, but. Um, and I, I I was like, yeah, I guess I'll check it out. And it was just a big vintage event. And it was like, cool. the f probably shouldn't have happened because it was in the, it was in the middle of COVID, but Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. Yeah, Florida definitely didn't give a shit. Right. And I'm not getting political on it. It just probably shouldn't have Facts. happened. You know right. what I mean? Sure. Probably shouldn't have happened. Um, And it was pretty big, <laughs> but uh. Uh, myself, one of my roommates, and another friend who was just a touring friend who wasn't working, we went, and I knew everything at that moment. Like at that time, I was just like, I knew what to expect. I knew what things were overpriced, underpriced, yes. da, da da da. Just from doing, at that point, it was probably months into me actually selling. I just did a ton of research. I watched a lot of things unfold, and in the process of me of this man telling me to to go to that event, I remember I started. I I, I uncovered live selling on instagram uh -huh. people doing auctions on instagram oh i didn't know that exists Makes oh sense. yeah wow yeah. so people were doing live auctions on instagram so i was like what the hell who are these people number one yeah and there's hundreds of people watching these wow i'm like this is i like i didn't know this existed i so don't then, I, I didn't know until just now that they that wow, sellers yeah, do live so auctions was, it makes total this sense is, this is what really blew it up yeah, and now I'm a plug. My, my buddy Chris uh, started doing internet, oh sorry, Instagram live auctions. He um, and this is before I knew him, whatever. But um, uh, my buddy was like, "You should watch these, and just you know, you'll get the gist of of that." And I watched for like I don't know, maybe a month before I said anything on there, before I said a single word, I just studied what people did what things were priced at, how yeah. they were selling, what they were selling for. Uh, I learned a ton about tags, licenses, and stitching, and yes. history of stuff I didn't know. And it, I just watched. And so many people were fools on there, just fools. People didn't give a shit about anything. Just, and not not Chris, Chris, the host who started this whole thing. 
he was he was very knowledgeable and he would you know whatever but like i would watch people come in and do all this crap and i was just like learning what not to do instantly as somebody who's been in entertainment for for well over a decade at this time um uh, i was just i i i studied i studied like crazy hours and hours and hours and hours almost every day watching these live live auctions unfold and then um uh, eventually i hit him up and uh i was like hey i want to you know I'll, I'll start doing a set with you or i would like to do a set with you and you know you book the set and you and i i purposely did everything different from what i'd see other people do and i know that sounds foreign to you because you've never seen it before yeah but it's like if if people wouldn't write their measurements down for their t-shirts i've had something bright and bold that said the measurements that's a big deal it, for me that's all that's yeah, everything it's, for a, me. it's a big deal for everybody it right. should be it yeah. should be um uh, and there's there's dozens of other things that it's hard to really uh specify at the moment but it's just like we you notice people bidding stuff way up and not yes, knowing what they're I, paying I for and blowing the prices show i wouldn't show what i was doing yeah i wouldn't show what i was going to auction i said you, if you if you want to see I'm, i promise you it's going to be hectic yeah. It's going to be hectic. I'll bring out stuff that you don't see auction very often, if ever. And I said, but you're not going to know what it is. You have to show up to watch. Yeah. So if you have 500, 600 people watching at one time and they're all bidding, they don't know what's coming next. It brings a sense of urgency. Sure so does. things start bidding higher than what they usually do. Yes, so I do. started doing a lot of different things differently, but it all started with just being stuck at home, not knowing what to do. And I learned how to sell vintage by studying other people but even before that just watched the market unfold yeah you know it's not like vintage is a new thing every generation has you know i i guess maybe every contemporary generation but i i'm sure people like even in you know from the 50s even earlier 20s you know like turn of the century stuff people were probably looking for older stuff too like heirlooms and whatnot but like I feel like every generation in the contemporary era has celebrated vintage and it's really been cool to see how like the Instagram generation or like Gen Z or like even millennials like discovered and celebrate vintage and how they interact with it too. Cause it's like, you know, you see it, especially on social media, like vintage, vintage, vintage is like a big thing now, but it's always kind of been around. It's just interesting what interests the kids from this particular generation when it comes to vintage. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with, I think it has a lot to do with the pop stars and shit that are, that are really getting interested in, in vintage, but that also has a lot to do with the influence of, of, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I kind of us, it's like, we, it, the people that are obsessed with it are pushing it out into the world, which some of those people know certain celebrities or stylists, whatever. Yeah. And then those are, those people are being forced uh, or are forcing it onto their, their celebrities and things like that. And they, and it's the same thing. It's all nostalgia. Yeah. It's all nostalgia. It's like, it also, if you have the, if you, go on. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go on. If you have the 35 year old, like myself, who grew up watching attitude era wrestling, which is like 96 to, yeah. to 2001, that general time frame. Yeah. Uh, if you have post Malone wearing a stone cold Steve Austin shirt from 1997, right. Some, some 18, 19 year old kid that is literally obsessed with, 
with Post Malone, only for his music, is going to see that shirt with the smoking skull on it and be like, what the hell is that? That's kind of cool. Because uh, fashion is just that, like that now, skulls oh and whatnot, <laughs> skulls and beer and whatever, uh, and be like, oh, what the hell is that? And then find out what Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Post Malone, for specific, specifically, is also wearing current hardcore shirts sure religiously. Is. religiously. Gatekeeper, so like, who was he in great. recently? Uh, I saw today, because I, I like the band, today uh, somebody posted a picture of him wearing a Jesus piece shirt. Nice. And they're a band from Philadelphia who's yeah. only been around for, I don't know, uh, eight, probably less than 10 years now. But he but, has like Pantera tattoos and shit. He's ahead. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it, it, I think it has a lot to do with just the the influx of internet culture. And yeah. if, if, if over COVID, nobody was doing a damn thing. Nobody, everybody was stuck at home for the most part. So when those, when those Instagram auctions got really, really popular, I mean, it was, Things were selling for thousands of thousands of dollars every yeah. damn day. And and there's people that popped in their heads in there somehow. But we were talking earlier about the algorithm, yeah. whatever, that like mega star. Lil John was in uh was watching an auction one time. I remember seeing, and I was just like, what the fuck is that? And I have friends that have now sold the Lil John strictly based off seeing live auctions happen. Amazing. Yeah, you so know, it's a, I think there's a lot of influence just off of that. You could also like point back to like around 2012 ish where like vintage metal shirts started to come into play in streetwear <laughs> yeah. and around that time you see dudes like kanye west and you see even like uh, i'm trying to think of like a female like maybe you know you would see lady gaga or something in a metallica uh, kardashians like and slayer shirts exactly so yeah. like you would see that and around that time is when like the whole concept of like being a poser was just kind of erased from culture. So like yeah. no one, like you couldn't call out, like be, being called a poser, like had no currency anymore in terms yeah. of like, you know, kind of staying in your lane or like, you know, respecting whatever rules are out there. I'm not promoting it or denying it, but the fact is like for a very long time, like you couldn't just wear anything you wanted. Like there was some type of contract yeah. in the culture of like, <laughs> you need to be into this to be, you know, using it. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's not like a fashion statement. It's a yeah. part of the culture. So like, you can't just like wear a Metallica shirt if you're not into Metallica, like it's just poser shit, you know? And like now, like you can, you know, there's kids wearing like my bloody Valentine shirts that like don't even like the band or something like that. The whole concept of like being called out for a poser, like has no, um, it has no no it holds no power over culture anymore which is probably a good thing <laughs> i'm not trying to gatekeep yeah. and be like you're a you know we got to we got to uphold the poser rules and stuff like that but what i'm saying is like the the, the like vintage tees start had a, a a kind of um renaissance because you no longer had to be interested in what you were wearing on your shirt it's just that the shirt looked cool because it had maybe a patina to it. Maybe the logo yeah, tattered, is cool. Maybe there's some informed. irony involved in it. You yeah. know, like you could not, now the doors flew wide open, which is pretty cool, you know, but at the same time, that also kind of introduced a whole new, um, I feel like a whole new demo for vintage Metallica t-shirts and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing does drive me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy, but I'm also kind of a music snob. Like, Music has been my whole life. Underground music has been my whole life. Yeah. Since, I mean, at the bare minimum, fourth grade. Right. That's all I've ever cared about is music. 
Yeah. Uh, and thankfully I've turned that into a career, uh, you know, years after that, but um, it does drive me crazy that people wear things that they don't know what they are. Uh, but, but that's, that's how just, it is now. That's just the snob in me. <laughs> no, look, I'm yeah. 45, right? So like, sure. I come from the era of like, poser's a bad thing. Like you, like, yeah. that's like the worst thing you could be called. Like it's, I, I, it's, 100%, I get it, yeah. You know, and it's like, it cuts deep to the bone, right? So like I have, <laughs> and that, that, that might be like my like oppressive Gen X kind of mentality that I grew up in, but like, it doesn't exist anymore. You can wear whatever. You don't even have to know, you know, like, and I'm not, again, I don't want to gatekeep. Like people can wear whatever they want. It sounds great. You know, the last thing I want is some seventh grade kid who, you know, is wearing a shirt because, you know, Post Malone's wearing it. And then they get bullied because they don't know three songs or whatever. I'm just kind of, I'm just saying like, I'm just observing the culture from this perspective and saying like, that's kind of what kind of proliferated this modern surge, I think, of vintage and um, band tees and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's 100% mostly a fashion statement with a lot of people. Yeah. It just is. Um, the people that obsess over shirts, like I do, um, we, most of us know, we know what the hell we're wearing, but that's because this is what we're into. But I mean, you go to, I, I, I'm in and out of airports literally all the time because I travel for work. Yeah. I mean, the amount of, the amount of eight-year-old kids to like 11-year-old kids that I see walking around an airport in like Nirvana shirts. Yeah probably have never heard a single song of Nirvana. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Once again, it's sure. just you. It's like, who? I'm 35, you're 45. Who gives a shit? Right. Who right. gives a shit? Right. But, but there are those people out there that will have something stupid to say, but that's, that's a lot of the world right now. Unfortunately, everybody thinks their opinion is so. Is yeah. So, it's just the fact of the culture. Like it, those yeah. rules don't apply anymore, I guess we should say. And that's a, that's yeah. a cool thing. It's definitely a cool thing. It's just, that's, it, it just seems to me like you, like, I can't tell if you really like Metallica anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like if I see if I see some dude in a Metallica shirt, like you know, or anybody, I'm like, I don't know if they like Metallica or not. I don't know. Maybe they were just at Target that day. Between celebrities, at least in the past uh, five to seven years, between celebrities wearing stuff like that and then like Stranger Things, yeah, uh, putting out that one song with uh, I forget even which song it is, but you know. (laughs) <laughs> the Metallica song that obviously went back to being a huge, huge hit. Um, you, yeah, you can't tell anymore. It's just, it's just that's the nature of the beast. And somebody more- with, so it always starts with somebody within the realm of why it becomes popular again. Somebody was a fan. Somebody right. was. Right. Yeah. Somebody actually knew. And then also, there's a lot of stereotyping. Um, uh, I'll use, I will use Stranger Things. Have you ever watched it? I watched the first season. Yeah. Okay, so the the most recent season, uh, which is probably a year now, there was a metal kid that was being portrayed in the in the show. The, one of the main characters of that season was a, a typical '80s metal kid. Like a now, when I say that, tell me what you think. The gate. What do you think he was like? The kid from the gate. You know the movie The Gate. He wears like a denim vest. It's oh. like a battle vest. No, uh, but you're right. D and D adjacent. Satanic panic. 100% hit the nail on the head. Right. It's just, it's a lot of that. It's like, it's, it's a lot of stereotypical movie and TV bullshit. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that those things are wrong because I mean, yeah, if you go to like, I'm going to Europe next week, I will be at all the major festivals in Europe next week with a punk band. 
and they're they're playing some days with metal bands and things like that. I will see a million of those people out there. I'm not saying those stereotypes are wrong, but right. it's, it's like you see a, a random kid sees that aesthetic on the TV screen and then here's Metallica. That could open up a whole new world for that Absolutely. kid. Absolutely. That's a great thing. But That's then there's the thing. other side. There's the other side of the spectrum that if if I did that 20 years ago when I was growing up and I decide, and I saw that and I wanted to dress like that. Uh, I would probably get bullied for it. Now it's just right. Now it's just in the aesthetic of pop culture, which is cool. But it's just, I, it's, I, it's not what I grew up in. And no, I, no. It seems and, like it's what, not like it, it seems like the same for you too. Like it's just not those yeah. weren't the rules. I I got my ass kicked in eighth grade for being, and this is not my terminology. I sang for a, a a new metal band at the time, so I don't know where they came up with this concept. But I was the king of the punks in eighth grade <laughs> and i got my ass kicked uh by one of the jocks in school just for looking different i guess yeah. i don't know yeah um and and nowadays it's like who cares it's like everybody <laughs> that's and, and that's cool and that, yeah. that's cool there not, it's, it's like the um, uh the stakes are higher like no one gives a shit about what shirt you're wearing that's kind of cool like being able to go to school and like whatever you you know like it doesn't matter anymore yeah rules it's kind of cool um all right so you mentioned something, and this is actually something I've been wondering myself. Why do we all want faces on our shirts? Why do we all <laughs> want to wear shirts with other faces on it? Other shirts? Or why do we want to wear shirts with skulls on it? What is it about wearing a shirt with another person on it? Why? Are the, why is that so popular? And and I'm. I, this is a, just a, a wide net that I that I'm throwing out because I don't I can't figure it out either. Most of the shirts, like for for a long time, like there's people on it. I probably have you know maybe a dozen shirts with skulls on them. You know <laughs> why why is that so popular? Why is that the the the, the thing when it comes to shirts for I guess it's Western very, culture? It's very funny because I used to hate having the band members on my shirt. Yeah. I don't know why it was, but I, I never – 10 years ago, if you looked at my closet, there was not a single band member on any of the shirts that I owned. Yeah. Uh, it just – what I just didn't like it. I don't right. know why. And I don't know why I like it now. Right. It completely changed. I don't have a good answer for it other than the fact that I respect these people, and they just looked cooler. Merch looked cooler back then compared to now. And since I'm in merchandising now, I, 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 I guess I can, I can, I can dictate a little bit of my idea into what maybe should be printed. Um, like on the Boy Meets World podcast that I, that I just did, uh, it was their first, their first, some of their first shows ever. Awesome. And uh, they, they asked me what, um what I thought, you know, maybe they should print and they already had a couple of designs. And I was like, do you literally just have a picture of the three people that do the podcast from when they were kids. And he goes, yeah, I can find one. I said, hi, Rez. Yeah. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. Don't put anything else on there. And it was Why? our biggest sell. It was our biggest seller by far. Why do we want people by, on our shirts? By far. It's nostalgia. They, it, seeing, seeing those people for the first time as a child, like you, you said, uh, who was it? Not Sebastian Bach. Who was it? David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. When you saw him for the first time, when you were a kid, fucking in a spandex or whatever on your tv screen or 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 on the the vinyl cover or whatever you probably like wow that guy looks 
crazy. It looks really cool. He looks cool. Just whatever your brain is telling you. It's like, wow, that's, I don't look like that. Maybe I'll grow up to look like that or dress like that. But that guy looks cool. That's what brings it back. It's like. It's interesting to think about. I don't necessarily need a. I I like uh, I just I just did the laundry yesterday, my laundry, and uh, I'm taking my shirts out or whatever. I have a 1995 white zombie shirt with uh, just the four band members on the T-shirt on the front and on the back. It's the big the big skull. Robbie has like the the slouchy face on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's two different versions of that. There's one in color and there's one in black and white. I've had both. And I've, I actually let go of the black and white ones. I like the color on it yeah. because they're wearing such intricate clothing and, yes. and they look so like scummy punk, like old metal dude kind of style. And then it's like, I would never dress like that. I never have. Shout out but, to Sean Esalt, the female bass player for white. Yeah, Zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look super yeah. cool. They do. I have a yeah, vintage look- white zombie shirt. That was one of the first like early where yeah. I'm like, I got to get one cool of those. As it's yeah. just, they look like, they look like fucking pirates. Totally. You know? And they had and, good merch because he was doing all the he, yeah. he drew all the merch, right? He drew yes. all the design. Yeah, they have great imagery. Yes. Uh, but um, uh, I like the way they look in that picture. I'm like, they look cool as hell. No, I would it's, never it's a cool that. shirt. I, yeah, that's a cool yeah. one. So that's that's a good example. Um, what else? What? Uh, I don't know. There's that's my suggestion or my thought process behind yeah. it is is when I saw so-and-so for the very first time and I thought they looked cool or, or I just saw them for the first time, instead of just hearing the music on the radio or whatever. And I can put the face to the, to the name or face to the band name or whatever, then I can, it brings me back to a specific time in my life where I, I witnessed that for the first time, or I saw them live for the first time or whatever. So having somebody's face on my clothing is a, isn't that weird to me anymore back then i hated it for whatever reason i just didn't like it but now uh, it brings me back to a certain time yeah you know it, it's interesting like your point of view it being nostalgia um for like the time of when you saw that artist i've been thinking that it's like more has to do with like especially like with skulls like are like facing of mortality or like adopting an attitude of the person on the shirt or like mm-hmm. sim some kind of symbolism like subconscious desire sort of stuff like sim like the symbolic kind of um meaning of our mortality like meaning of our essence it's it's weird i don't know why popular shirts have people on them on one hand yes white zombie or like you know you 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 you're you're transported back to that time it's also the fashion of the time on yeah. the fashion of the now, which is an interesting juxtaposition, but like why skulls and like, why even like drawings of humans? Like I, I'm still like, I still get so fascinated on like why that is such a big thing with, uh, with t-shirts in, in particular. Yeah. It's, I, it's so interesting. I mean, I genuinely think that's just darker imagery is way cooler than <laughs> rainbows and, I don't even know what yeah. little birds and shit. Like, I don't know, you know, it's yeah. just something about darker imagery is just so much more interesting and, and, and cooler to me, but I've always listened to underground, more aggressive things. Yeah. That's just my personality. Am I ever, have I ever acted out in a way that is aggressive and, and, and degenerate like, not really. <laughs> I've, I've I've never gotten in trouble in my life uh, or major trouble in my life. I've never done drugs. I've never drank a day in my life. I've never done anything. Like 
Yeah. Uh, since I was 13 years old. Great. Uh, and, no, and nothing before that ever. It's just, that's what I learned what straight edge was. What was the band that uh, turned you on? Glassjaw. Nice. I didn't so know they were I'll straight never... edge. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> They're not, right? So in, Oh God, I'm going to have to say 2000, maybe 2001. Do you remember the magazine circus circus of magazine? Of course. So circus magazine, uh, once again, I told you I was a long Island guy. Yeah. Um, circus magazine did a, interview with probably the band maybe maybe just daryl the singer uh -huh. uh, i don't remember that in depth but within the magazine they they did an interview with so-and-so in the band it was probably just daryl one of the pictures he's holding his lip down like this like this yeah and i don't know if mine's still there but he had three x's tattooed on the inside of his lip yeah and i was like what the fuck does that mean Right. And I, I was re reading the interview and he's talking about being straight edge at the time. So in the late 90s, well, in the 90s, and the early 2000s, he and Beck and maybe a couple of other guys, I don't really know, were straight edge. And I, when I was 16, got three X's tattooed on my lip or in the inside of my lip because of that. And yeah. I learned what it was and I never did anything up at that point. And I'm not going to get into it on here because this is the, the, <laughs> the, the show to talk about it. But with I saw things within my life that justified the fact that i should stay straight edge sure and uh between last job becoming my favorite band and the personal things in my life that I was witnessing with my own eyes i was like yep that's that's the ticket for me uh so um yeah that's <laughs> that's that i was um i was first exposed again i grew up in miami and like straight edge is not a thing there um there's no presence there was maybe there is now but there was no presence sure. like in the 80s and 90s maybe if you went to like broward county or maybe some areas of maybe coral gables I, I, but it just wasn't I, I i didn't know where it was um but i went i lived in i went to syracuse university for a few years and that's where i was exposed to straight edge that's oh, and that's yeah. where a lot of my like modern hardcore education kind of began like i saw yeah. snap case in syracuse i saw earth crisis in syracuse i saw like a lot of cool what became seminal hardcore bands in syracuse and i saw yeah. the straight edge hardcore culture in syracuse i had oh, never yeah. heard the term <laughs> i had never heard the term vegan before syracuse sure. um yeah. I, I saw some kid in the commissary wearing a hat that said vegan no joke like i thought they were from las vegas and they were saying, I'm a vegan as if I'm from v Vegas. So like, I was, <laughs> I was totally, sure. I was I'm just not exposed to it. Lo and behold, yeah. it was what I've been waiting for my whole life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, straight edge was not, I did not, I did not know about it at all uh, up until that point. And it's interesting yeah. to see people and to meet people who are like, oh yeah, I've been straight edge since I was 13. And yeah. I think that's just exposure. Um, to that culture. I'm, I'm super dedicated to things that I love or care about, um, whether it's within my family or friends or, or the music that I love or whatever. And it's like, if I, if I really care about something, it's, that's me. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not going to change. It's, awesome. it's just not going to change. No, it's, it's really cool. Respect for sure. Yeah. And like, I, I, I went on to like, um, so I directed music videos for hardcore and, um, like, punk bands like in the early aughts like few and far between but i still got you know i still got my name oh. on the board so yeah. uh i did a lot of stuff with face down records at first that was like my first oh. my first sort of stuff did you do it did you do anything for a love for enemies i did <laughs> those are <laughs> i mean that i was, did that was my, that, that i made was my a video childhood. for them i made a video for yeah. them it came out cool 
Um, I did. Uh, I did a few videos for them and then uh, for Face Down. And then I um, started doing some work for Metal Blade. And I met some of the people from San Diego. Like I met like the cattle decapitation guys and Justin from the Locust. And I did work. uh, I did a video for some girls. So like I I, I got around and I got, you know, I I, uh, was able to kind of um, expose myself to the culture of the, uh, the that those sort of scenes and it was an education process you know from yeah. syracuse to then the west coast it's you know it's it's inter- it's it was an interesting kind of um uh submersion into that very cool stuff a lot of corny yeah. stuff like from like crowds and like a lot of politics but like also like some really cool like people with like great ideas and people that live in a way that I was not used to, but like, it really is um, a a progressive lifestyle. And also just like really living with like a great moral compass and a great um, sense of integrity. Very cool. Yeah. I've all the while still able to do music through that too. It's pretty cool. I've never pushed my agenda on anybody because I don't give a shit how you live your life unless you're close to me. And then, you know, I want you to be smart. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't want you killing yourself in any sense of the, whatever poisoning yourself or whatever but um you can do i've never shoved anything that i've believed down anybody's throat maybe within lyrics that i wrote when i was you know in a band yeah uh we're a straight edge band for a while uh, and we were on a straight edge label and uh shout out to uh, lost horizon because i played lost horizon many times cool. in syracuse um i was there is it still called lost horizon yeah yeah wow earth crisis is funny enough just played there with friends uh they just did like a re- uh not a reunion of it uh an anniversary show regardless um incredible hardcore is just like it's a real it's such an interesting culture yeah doesn't it's, die <laughs> it really doesn't but like you re- you meet some so like really interesting people the cross section of hardcore is like it's really inspiring like it's a it's a cool you know, crowd it can it can be a cool crowd yeah you know what's funny is that i've done a lot of a lot of bigger a and B list kind of tours uh-huh. over the past couple of years, especially since COVID has come back or uh, after COVID. Um, so many of us that work behind the scenes for these tours are just old punk and hardcore kids. Right. The first day of the Weezer tour and they're, they're metal guys too. Uh, some of them at least, uh, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the crew. The first day of that tour, I was wearing a, a converged shirt Yeah. and um, I'm in my semi truck and uh I just pop out to go run to catering or whatever. And I just saw somebody walking past me in an earth crisis shirt. And we did that like Spider-Man meme thing where we were like pointed at each other. Like, Hey, yes. <laughs> and um, immediately we, we became friends with the rest of the tour. He was yeah. just one. Yeah, he was uh, the bass players tech. And uh, we talked hardcore and straight edge the whole tour and right. just became friends. It's just so many of us that are behind the stage, behind the scenes on those big tours and all you guys, go to all over the world are just old hardcore and punk kids it's amazing yeah. by the way yeah. converge's most famous shirt has a face on it so like again like face on it yeah is it is it a because you know if we wear a, subconsciously of course this isn't intentional but like if like we're wearing a shirt with somebody on it are we a, are we are we subconsciously wearing that because we're adopting that kind of as a costume as like a our armor i should say just to not make it artifice like i'm, I'm always like because I love shirts. I've collected yeah. shirts my whole life. And I've noticed a few, you know, a while ago, I'm like, man, like I have a lot of shirts with like faces on it. Like I don't, <laughs> I have a lot of shirt with people on it. Like I don't kind of, I don't kind of want that. 
and then I, you know I, I i maybe subconsciously i focused like more text-based stuff or more abstract stuff here and there or plain but like shirts with people on it is just a real mainstay for me and culture at large it's it's something that like is not really delved into maybe maybe because the answer isn't that exciting but i think it is everybody yeah. you know you say nostalgia I, mean, I would say something different it's interesting why we want people on our clothes i look at them as and this may not be for every artist that i have in my closet right now with their face on it but i look at them as those are my icons like yeah. those are those are the people that i care about or those are the people that wrote songs that i care about uh whether they're great human beings or not that's you know i don't know a lot of them but yeah um if I care about the songs that they wrote and they are the soundtrack to my existence, uh, I don't mind wearing them on my body. Yeah. Uh, it's not permanent. I'm a, every, everything that I put on my body is I'm a walking billboard, no matter what it is. Right. Right. Um, you're even and, saying something now, like you could read into the, why somebody's wearing a shirt without a logo on it. Like there's yeah. just, the yeah. shirt is a very kind of powerful, um, uh, uh, mode of, of communication yeah. in culture. There, I get, <laughs> I'm such a t-shirt nerd that I get bummed if I will go throughout one day of my life out in the open and somebody doesn't say, Hey man, nice shirt. It's such a good feeling. I get upset if it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely get upset. Like, I'm like, man, I'm wearing a good ass shirt today. Like what's yeah. wrong with these people? <laughs> Do you not have any, any style whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. I get, yeah. see, I, I have an adverse reaction. I, I get uncomfortable when people compliment a shirt i'm wearing i don't know how to take that compliment i'm always yeah. kind of off i mean by. that's the difference that's just different kind of personalities yeah uh, i don't i don't want to have conversations with many strangers i'm not interested in that but if i'm selling on a tour i have no choice but to sure. introduce like, interact with these people and um you know i know how to deal with people because it's part of my job but also um, a part of, you know, when we were talking earlier about um, these Instagram live auctions, I hosted auctions twice a week for two years. Wow. I did over 100, 104 hour to five hour episodes twice a week for, for two years. And you got to um, come correct for that. You can't wear just some basic shirt. You got to. Oh, yeah. But shirts, shirts, shirts to the guns. side. You know, yeah. you have to know how to talk to people. Sure. You have to know how to stay entertaining if you want a couple hundred people to watch you every week and and people to be keep paying you to keep coming back as a host. Sure. It's like, you, you just have to interact with people and know how to interact with people. Um, so it's not like I'm, I'm going out in public and looking for conversations, like walking around going, Oh no, that wasn't the, I was more insulting. No, I know, myself. I know. But deep down, not, I want people yeah. to say nice shirt. It's just my own yeah. kind of, uh, yeah, of course. Everybody, everybody's different. My it's own dysfunction. Like, yeah. Some people handle being famous super, super well. And other people don't, they break yeah. down and they become, you know, psychotic or whatever it's just like yeah. some people handle things differently um i like the satisfaction of knowing like somebody out there has some good fucking taste <laughs> yeah right uh, and, yeah. and notice the fact that i have some good taste that's totally. that's just the way i am yeah totally totally <laughs> what about you know what bums me out is um there's a whole era of music that the merch is just blows like i don't want to wear an interpol t-shirt i love the band <laughs> like i don't want to you know like i'm sure there's people who love the strokes that like yeah. Do they have an iconic shirt? Do the, no. Is it like a cool stroke shirt for people to wear? Or like TV oh, well, on the radio? I like there's no... I don't know, but yeah. There's no... You know, there's a, I, here's an iconic band, another one. I don't like them though. I don't care. So I, I gave you a list before of three bands that I love who have terrible t-shirts. Yeah. 
Um, but this this one is at the top of the list of bands I just I just personally do not care about, but they're an iconic band. For being such a big band and such a loved band, their shirts are terrible. Have you ever seen Oasis shirts? Yes. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. I see. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but there's a charm to how kind of basic and bad they are. Because it's just like the logo. Yeah, well, I guess I, it, right? I, I'm going to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a guess and say that their merch numbers are not that great. <laughs> right. I've seen a lot of bootlegs. Do you follow any of the, like, the people yes. who bootleg? I see like every now and again, there's like Oasis capsules. They're never fun, but I agree. Like I, I do. I do every now and again, I'll at least look, I'll follow a lot of them to look, um, especially because nowadays there's a lot of movie t-shirts. There is that aren't um, licensed, right? But there should be good merch out there for said movies. And then those bootleg companies are putting out really cool bootlegs for movies that I think will be, big deals in the future. And I'll buy a couple of those. Oh yeah. I'll buy a couple of those. But when it comes to band merch, um, I'll only like, I know once again, I'm wearing an AFI shirt right now. Um, I don't usually go out of my way to buy merchandise that are bootlegged from bands that I've loved as a kid, uh-huh. mostly because I've found at least one shirt from every band that I've obsessed over, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. One that I really like or whatever, but that's just because I'm a psychopath and I diligently look for these things for hours and hours a day. Right. So I have mostly what I need, but my, I'll just use, like I said, I'll, I'll use AFI as an example here. My favorite AFI record is from 1997. It's called Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. For whatever reason, out of their whole catalog, there is no record specific merchandise from that record. I could be wrong, but damn it, have I looked. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. There's there's maybe one shirt that I can think of. Um, All Seasons maybe is what it is. It's like a white shirt and it has an orange logo with like a tr- like a dead tree in it, whatever whatever uh-huh. it is. But there's like one that I can think of. So like spooky album. era AFI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like pr- even pre going real spooky. Yeah. Like all, uh, the, all, the all Hollows EP I think was right after that. Uh-huh. But this is before All Hallows. It cool. is, uh, Where are they uh, from? Where's AFI from? They're, uh, California? They're from, yeah, Northern California. Cool. Yeah. Now it's probably LA, but originally Northern California. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's my favorite record. 97, sh- Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. No real album specific. And there's really good fucking artwork on that record. Yeah. It blows my mind. I have, I have around 15 original 90s uh, AFI shirts in my closet wow, right now. that's cool. All, yeah, it's my biggest collection besides Marilyn Manson. Super great merch all around. But for whatever reason, that's my favorite record. There's no album-specific shirts. Yeah. So to get back to your question, um, bootlegs, I bought one from a company, God, Devil, Devil You Know. No, that's a shitty band that I don't like. Uh, Devil Loves You, something like that. It's a company, uh-huh. Devil Something. I'm sure you can find it. Um, uh, they're big AFI fans, whoever they are. And they printed specifically album oh, merch nice. for that record. Nice. And I, I bought like you I sweatpants. Bought, I bought several things. <laughs> I bought several That's things. great. I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm like, so be it. I, until yeah. until I somehow find one, which I'm telling you does not exist. I've looked. Uh, that's that'll be my one album specific uh, shirt or whatever from them from there. Yeah. 
my friend is a um he loves uh vintage comic book t-shirts sure and he very expensive um, very expensive um he um disparages people who are into well he disparages the companies they, uh, that do the bootleg comic book shirts sure. he he doesn't see them as bootlegs he sees them as counterfeiters so he so because of my friendship with him um i can't indulge and buy any of these shirt these bootleg <laughs> shirts that are you know yeah. 40 50 bucks but if you go on ebay they're like 500 just because i hear his voice in the back of my head again that oppressive kind of yeah. poser fear poser paranoia left over from like you know my my generation but like yeah. i can't i can't willfully buy it i do enjoy a lot of the stuff i have bought some really good bootlegs they're really good right now but yeah. nothing beats a good vintage patina like you can't no. be like wearing something that's you know that is like a vintage graphic, but it doesn't have the patina of the time. It looks weird. It looks weird when you're wearing, now I get the AFI capsule and I, and I love like your explanation of like, you have knowledge and clearly the people who made that also know that there was no merch for that time. Clearly. But, yeah. But like, uh, there's so many examples of like 90 stuff, like Alice in Chains, you know, like vintage, you know, shirts that, you know, maybe Pusshead, like the junk man or whatever, or Angry Chair, the Angry Chair shirt that like Pusshead drew. You yeah. can't be yeah, seeing yeah. a new one of those out on the street. Like it's, I mean, I guess you can because there's no rules, but like it's weird for me <laughs> to be wearing a brand new one of those of that print, yeah. you know? I I can't tell you how often on tour, especially when I do a cool tour, like yeah. I, I'll do a cool tour. Like, uh, when I go to Europe in a, in a week, I'll be with Pennywise, right. Uh -huh. For anybody who doesn't know who Pennywise is, it's not the clown I'm talking about. It's a old, old punk band. They've been around for 35, 36 years now. Um, when I do these tours with bands that I like, and like, I think are cool. I'm walking around in the crowd if I'm not selling and I'm looking at cool t-shirts. Yeah. But I know from the look of them without even having to like, detail in on the on the stitching or whatever i know by the look of them what's actually original and what's not yeah when i was in i was in europe last year with pennywise and no effects i was trying the off the back people religiously on that tour and what off the backs means is i'll try to buy the shirt off of somebody's back wow i had that which, is a hard thing, which is hard thing to do in general yeah but then when you add the the language barrier to it. Yes. <laughs> it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Um, so I will try to physically off the back people. Wow. I can't say, I'm not trying to take the shirt off their sure. back, but I'll, I'll try to have a conversation with them and be like, I'll offer you X amount of dollars for the shirt that you're wearing right now. Yeah. Or in my case, sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I'll offer you whatever I'm selling for whatever band. And I will pay for the band stuff that I'm giving away. Yeah for me to take the shirt. You know what I mean? Yes. Cause some people are like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can walk out there and see what's actually vintage. What's not yes. just off a, off a glance, a quick glance. Yes. I know uh, earlier in this conversation, we were talking about Weezer merch. Cause I worked for Weezer this summer. The only two shirts that I have from Weezer that I wanted and I don't need any others is the Pinkerton album t-shirt and the blue album t-shirt which are just essentially the album covers for yeah. both t-shirts there's hundreds of reprints of those yes and i could walk around a venue on i and i have on this tour 
I'll walk around an amphitheater and I'll see all the shirts people are wearing. I'll be like, oh, I know that's vintage just because I know what it is. That's yeah. vintage. That's not, this is not, this is not. And I'll see dozens of Pinkerton and Blue Album shirts. Yeah. And not once on this tour, we just did five weeks together. Not once did I see an original Blue Album shirt or Pinkerton shirt, but I saw right. dozens of vintage old Weezer shirts. I know the difference. Vin are they, do you mean like distressed or do you mean like, Brand well, new. I know, I know the designs. Yeah. So I know, I know what's, I, I, I like, I know what designs they're just not printing again. It doesn't make any sense for them to print again. Yeah. And I know which are, which designs are vintage designs right. that they're not reprinting. Uh, and then um, some of them are actually, yeah, distressed and whatnot. So I can tell right away, but there's a, you know, it's, it's just, it just goes back to, to knowing what the hell you're searching for. Sure. Uh, yeah. when, you're, when you're in a crowd or if you're in a comic book store, you know what you're searching for. Yes. You just know, you know what you're interested in and you do the hit, you know, you do the research to, to understand what you're looking for. Yeah. Tell me about your Marilyn Manson collection. <laughs> um. I'm a big Manson fan. Sure, like I said, Florida. I, I was a little, I was a little, Amen. I was a little, um, a little gothy, a little gothy kid when I was, when I was in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And, um, just as an adult, uh, I, I rekindled my love for nineties Manson. Yeah. Um, just during my downtime of whatever, uh, because, like I said, I got really heavy into punk and metal and metalcore and hardcore mm -hmm. and whatever uh, in the mid 2000s. And then all those, I'm not going to say all the Manson records suck at that era because they don't, but the 90s Manson was my shit. So when I, when I rekindled my love for it and then I started buying and selling shirts, I was like, oh man, I need all the old Manson shirts. And right now it's, it, you get them for a good price now, right? Or are they back up again? Now, yeah, now, now they're they're pretty doable. Uh, they're pretty doable. But in the in like 2019 to 21, I mean, they were there are some shirts out there. I think the most expensive one that I bought was is probably my favorite shirt in my entire collection. It's the Meet Your Master shirt. I don't know if you ever saw that one. You know, uh, Marilyn Manson uh, was big in south florida when i was in high school oh yeah obviously uh yeah uh, with the manson and the spooky, spooky kids, kids. Yeah. yeah the shows is, were like you cannot find local folklore yeah it's like local legend like that what they were doing like with jack off jill and stuff yeah um i i i was paying attention to what manson was doing all the way up until uh high end of low which is pretty yeah. recent manson sure right? sure so like um yeah i but the all the like the antichrist uh shirts were they were always kind of pricey like yeah. um and they 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 obviously took a huge like i remember like there was like a big spike when like i think it was like asap rocky or something started wearing marilyn manson oh, t-shirts yeah. or like the rappers started wearing them yeah and they just became ridiculously priced yeah um but uh the antichrist merch is great like all those shirts are fantastic like the yeah. um dried up tied up turn or dried up tied up dead to the world one where it's like yeah i have that wings yeah, it's on my wall right now yeah it's so expensive it's so expensive yeah. so yeah I I pay, he has he has great merch unfortunately i mean it's uh it's verboten but you know it's kind of uh i i have at least 10 to 15 manson nine on oh, 90s only yeah I, I don't own a single a single manager past 90 1998 
Um, it's just my era. I I think I think Portrait of American Family is one of my favorite albums of all time. There you go. I would I would maybe drop it in my top ten. Uh-huh. Um, I think Antichrist Superstar is obviously a really good record, also, but yeah. uh whatever. Get your guns are, a great song. Get your guns amazing. Oh God. So Some of the tunes are I saw Marilyn yeah. Manson open for Nine Inch Nails on Downward Spiral Tour. Oh, that's great. The, the I, Miami I, Arena. That's yeah, it's awesome. I have a um I do have a, a further down the spiral nine inch nail shirt. It's the only nine inch nail shirt right. I have. Yeah, like man, but Manson shirts were always they've always been pricey. But like ever since like I guess, I guess when ASAP was wearing them or they got around Instagram, like they just became exorbitant and they just became like unreasonably priced. Ma- Marilyn Manson is another one of those generational talents and celebrities that that changed the way like music was looked at. You know what I mean? Sure. He was so chaotic and and against well, religion mostly. Sure. <laughs> but like I was going to say against um authority in a way. Yeah. Uh, that it, you know, it was such a it was such a a scary time for for people who who were thinking that music was damaging our minds and whatnot based off of what people were saying. He was like dangerous. Gangster, gangster, he was absolutely gangster dangerous. rap. Yeah. Yes. Gangster rap and 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 anti-religious bands and things yeah. like that. People who yeah. looked crazy on stage and and were theatrical and demonic mm-hmm. looking. Like everybody was so afraid of that back in the in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um he was one of those generational you know musicians that that kind of planted the flag for like the goth kids <laughs> like yeah and it's 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 so odd to kind of look at him in retrospect because he's it's so t- you just kind of see like a clown now and yeah. respect i you know i still you know like i know it's like i know it's like um it's not you know it's uh controversial to like even talk about him right now he's in so much scandal but like you know he's like he was the last kind of like dangerous rock star in a way he he is yeah wow good good thought you know what Um, i mean he is the 90s and 2000s generations like boogeyman just like just like the 70s and 80s had alice cooper for sure. And Bowie prior yeah. to that, I mean, you know, they're, yeah. Bowie's more elevated, I would say, but yes, like that, like larger yeah. than life character, but also yeah. like, wrote hits. Like it's, you know, like yeah. it, ca- it's talk just, about captured, captured a generation, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's, but that's why that shit will live on forever because he was that person. Right. And when more you, so than when the music, you, unfortunately, he has some good tunes. Yeah. 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 But when you look at, when you look at 20 something year old kids now that are wearing a Marilyn Manson shirt, they don't know who Alice Cooper is. You right. know what I mean? I mean? Of course, some people do, but it's like that's this generation's scary guy. You know Dude, what I mean? They they wouldn't even know what lunchbox meant if you said like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. And I remember would... when Manson was huge, like you know the lunchbox thing. Like kids would walk yeah. around with lunchboxes, and like it was like a whole kind of yeah. yeah it was a, it was a whole. If you were into if you were like into Marilyn Manson, you looked like you were into Marilyn Manson. Yes, <laughs> I was a Marilyn Manson kid back then, and I'm still a Marilyn Manson kid now. Yeah. Um, but that's strict. I mean, I. it's so hard to have these conversations now when it comes to people that have some kind of 
you know, cloud hanging over them because of just whatever the situation is. But that dude, I don't know him. I never known him. I know people have worked for him, but uh, I've never known him. I just, I love that dude's music and he changed my life when I was a kid. Therefore, I can never just write somebody off based on musically, somebody who's changed my life for what I would consider the better and cool. made me to the human that I am today. Cool. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He had great music videos Doesn't too. Have, yeah. Great Doesn't, visual it's, artist. It's, it's strictly, it's pure entertainment at the highest level yeah. to, to make the consumer myself into a fan for life. He's the only, not the only band related tattoo I have on me, but he is the only person or band or whatever that I took a logo of theirs and put it on me. You have a Marilyn Manson tattoo? I have a Marilyn Manson tattoo. Where is it? Can it's I see on it? My, uh, maybe. <laughs> take a picture yeah. of it. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, t I'll take a picture of it. I'll send it to you. you can what is it? it? Is it the like the light, the electricity so, side or whatever? So no, uh, that's the that's the most typical one. I do okay. love that logo, but that cool. is, it's too e too easy. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Okay. Um, I needed to go earlier than that too, uh, because once again, Amer uh, Portrait of American Family from '94 is my favorite record. Cool. I hate smells like children. Okay. Smells like because it got him famous. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm, I've never, I've never been that way. Uh, but Sweet no, Dream is a great it. video. That's a great video. Great, great record or sorry. Great, uh, great cover. What I don't like about Smells Like Children from 95 is that it's literally just Portrait of American Family remixed into an album. Yeah. And the only song on that album that anybody cares about is Sweet Dreams. Yeah. And it's not even his song. Right. But but there's no good little logos or or anything from Portrait of American Family that I wanted to tattoo on me. So I took the Marilyn Manson logo in purple and no, not purple, pink and orange. And there's a little top hat on top of the M in Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And I took the M and the top hat and I put it on behind my my left ankle nice. to fill in dead space. Yeah. Nice. Which I'll, I'll send I'll send a picture to you. So in terms let's bring it back to the merch. Yeah. You have some uh, Antichrist, that era, you have some great merch that's like yeah. based on the, the iconic Dean Carr photos from the inner sleeve of Antichrist Superstar. So you have like some really good, you have not only like from that from that photo shoot in particular, like you have some great imagery that's like spooky as shit, scary as shit, yeah. but you also have like um, cool text and you have like diagrams and like like occult imagery too. So like it, it all makes for an amazing cocktail for merch and t-shirts. So like, can you blame like kids that are like, you know, 20 years old or something that like want to wear yeah. that evil shit? You know, like they're like, they're they're really well designed and like they're pretty sick looking. All, a lot of, of all of my Manson shirts are especially, you know, dangerous yeah, from what they what they thought about back then, you know what I mean. Yes. For lack yes. of a better term, for yes. lack of a better term, all of all of my Manson shirts look relatively dangerous or have a lyric on them that you know aren't aren't the greatest to wear out in public or things like that. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember, and I have it now. Um, it's the big blue face shirt uh -huh. from I believe the single was "Get Your Gun." Don't quote me on that. Uh -huh. But they had a single record, and that's another thing for anybody who watches it that that doesn't know what like singles were. They used to release records uh, that were like 
EP style with only four songs on yes. them, but they're all the same song, just remixed and whatever. Only one of them is like the yes. regular recording. And I think it was a Get Your Gun uh, single record where the his his face was on the front of it and it was big and blue and whatever. Is that the one where he's like, it's like a fisheye lens? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, all, uh, it was green sprinkled in as the background yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. And on the back, I think this is the shirt. I think the back says this. And I had this when I was a kid and I have it now as an adult and I still wear it all the time, but my mom hated it. And I was wearing this in elementary school. It said, you cannot sedate all the things you hate. <laughs> and I wore that to elementary school. Right. And I don't know if teachers say, I have no idea. I just don't know. But my mom hated it. And threw out that shirt. She threw it out into the trash when I was a kid. And uh, I had tons of posters all over my walls and shit. And you didn't whatever. get any, but, you uh, didn't get any uh, bullied for wearing Marilyn Manson t shirts to school? In no, no, no. I it was nice. elementary school. Nobody, right. nobody, was bullied. I was this, I, I, I was friendly with everybody. So yeah. when I, when I got, when I got fucking punched in the face when I was in eighth grade, it's the first time I ever got bullied because I was friendly with everybody. Right. And I also played sports, like not tons, but like I, I love baseball and I ran track and things like that. I wasn't the cool. typical golf kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't smoking cigarettes on the corner while like having my headphones on, like looking mean at people. Like I, it just wasn't right. me, but I had big band shirts on and big, big pants and, and, and my, I had a, the, you know my long hair that was down to here and parted in the middle i had the bowl cut but being and, a rocker uh, wasn't like a you know that didn't make you an outcast in long island i imagine right like there's a good rock scene around no, there. but that's what that's that's what was strange to me was when i got into that fight i was just like what the fuck like, what did i do right. <laughs> i was i was friendly i was friendly with everybody i was friends yeah. with the girls that were that were really pretty and popular like it yeah it didn't make sense to me but I mean, um, everyone was watching tv or mtv at that time anyway so yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, really I started I started really early on with with metal band shirts and they were all chaotic looking. Yeah. I remember wearing wearing um oh I I got back to it before one of the most expensive shirts in my Manson collection is the Meet Your Master shirt. Yeah, right. Which, which one's that? Which is essentially on the front I forget I forget exactly what it says. I literally just did my laundry. I should have it in in the forefront of my brain. It's also my probably my favorite shirt. Um it's uh it's it's a guy or a cop or whatever on the front and he's holding a puppet and he said if you meet your master kill him or something I like that I've ever but seen that. the front isn't so ridiculous but you know meet your master kill him something like that but on the back it's a cop with a gun to his head what era is that is that portrait of america it's, uh, it's 90 94 95 yeah so that's sweet dreams so it's a mix that's... of uh of of the first two yeah yeah huh. i've never so, seen that one yeah, that it's it's I I think I think I spent this is a couple of years ago now, but it took me a while to get it to down to this price. This is the best price I could find it at during this era. I bought it for like seven hundred dollars. Ooh! But once again, you have to know you have to know your stuff. Uh, during that era of me collecting, that was a good price for that specific shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not. I can't say I'm particularly proud of all the prices that I've spent on things. Yeah. But what I spend on things is justified because I've studied this in and out to know what's worth a specific price and what's not. Sure. Um, just last week, maybe I spent a thousand dollars on a t-shirt that I've never had access to before. I've seen it out there, but I've never had access to it for a price under that, but plenty of times over that I've seen it for sale. 
Yeah. And when I say that, I'm not saying there's a ton of them out there, but like from specific sellers, I've seen maybe the, the same shirt be passed around a couple of times and then they've all priced it higher and higher and higher. So like the shirt that I'm speaking about, I just bought uh, for a thousand dollars was a 1989, I believe uh, the Burbs, the Tom Hanks movie, the Burbs really? t-shirt. Yeah. Wow. In my perfect, couldn't be any better measurements for me. Wow. Uh, in, in almost perfect condition, uh, used and worn and everything, not dead stock, but um, it, it, it just made sense. It made sense to me because I know that they're just not out there very often and for a price that makes any sense at all. So to me, Tom Hanks in, in brain, his bathrobe, looking down, Burbs logo. Yeah. What's it printed a, on? Giant? Holding, like, a, what's... holding a holding a spatula. Yeah. No, it's on the it's on the uh, late '80s Hanes uh, tag. Nice single, single stitch all around. Oh, I have a few of those. I have like a yeah. good Aussie one. That's the, oh, yeah. that Hanes one. Yeah, I uh, I can't I cannot stress it enough how in this industry or hobby or whatever you want to call it, you have to know what you're looking at in order to justify sure. what you're paying. Yeah, you have to. What's it say it on the back? Business. Any hit? Is there like a hit on the back? No, no, no. It's just the poster print on the front. So it was uh, like license. the merch that they would sell at like the movie theater or like the mall kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my my assumption is that um, it could be one of two things. One at, at movie theaters, because I, I don't I I'm an 80. I was born in 88. So that, that movie specifically came out one year after I was born. So the I mean? theater. So Burbs in the yeah, theater. So, yeah. You're 10 years older than me. So it's like so. Um, but they would sell merch I at the movie theater. They would so there do you that. go. You yes. know, I didn't, I don't know that, but yes. my, and my thought process is, okay, so this is, this is a tag that is time specific. It makes yeah. sense. The license is there. It's not phony to me. Anybody can print a license. It doesn't mean shit. Right. But if you know what you're looking at, you can, you can justify, yes, this all matches up. This matches up. Yeah. The stitching matches up. Da, 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 da. And you put one, two, three together and you're like, okay, good. This is legit. All yeah. good. But you have to know the the intricacies of each of these things to justify it being true to the era you know what i'm saying are there people who are um frankensteining shirts with like vintage tags and absolutely and certain blanks oh but really oh my god yes really? there's so many fakes out there now for for you mentioned a giant tag before uh-huh there's so many fake giant tag shirts out there right really? now really because you can just print tags that look relatively similar. There's tons of tags that are faked, but you have to know what you're looking for. You have you have to know the era of when they're supposed to come out. So right. if, if there's a license printed on there, a license is just words on a t-shirt. Right. That's all they are. Right. But you have to you have to know what you're looking at. For example, a very good friend of mine who's also a big Marilyn, <laughs> a big Marilyn Manson um enthusiast and and fan and and t-shirt collector. He sent me a, a link the other day and we were joking about it, but he's because he knew I would find it right away. He goes, take a look at this listing. And I looked at the listing. It's a Manson shirt. I'm like, okay. So I opened it up and I looked at the tag. I looked at the license. It said 1988 Satan's or no, it's supposed to be Satan's bake sale, which a lot of his shirts were licensed as back in really? the 90s. Yes. Like his, when he was like before he got signed, like when he was just doing his local shows or his local. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it, it's a company that I think he had something to do with. Cool. I don't know the history of that. But what I know is that a lot of his shirts from back then, before he was with Winterland and Giant, or I don't, you know what? I don't think he was with Giant. Winterland specifically. He was with Winterland, Winterland for a while. Um, before that, a lot of it was licensed Satan's Bake Sale. This shirt said 1988. Wrong. Right. 
Yeah. Samen's? Samen's Bake something? It it did not say Satan's Bake Sale, but it said 1988 Samen's Bake Sale or whatever. And when I looked at it, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You don't know? You just go, wow, 1988 Manson shirt? That's amazing. Nobody knows. Nobody bats an eye. They're like, wow, this is a good price. A hundred bucks? That's amazing. Do people really not know? Are people getting bamboozled? Are really are, are people really getting that taken all the time? Really? All the time. Wow. People, here's one thing, and maybe maybe I'm a dickhead for this. So be it. I I don't care. People, I used to be called the band tea guy because I hosted auctions. They were band tea only auctions. I did it for two years, like I told you. I knew not everything. You you can never know everything, but I knew a lot about. Sorry, I knew a lot about a lot of things. Uh-huh. When it comes to music, their T-shirts, the history, years, whatever. A lot of different genres, a lot of different artists across the board from 70s to now. You had to know a ton because you're running auctions about only band tees. You have to kind of have a little bit of knowledge about everything, whether you like it or not. So what I'm getting at is um, uh, people would come to me all the time and they do it to a lot of sellers, but come to me all the time. Hey, can you can you tell me if this is a legit tag or can you tell me if this is a legit for if this if this design and this and this license belongs on this tag and this shirt and I stopped doing it because right. I don't I, it, right why you know do your research yes that's right. I mean once like I said people will get mad at me for saying that because you know you're 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 hoarding your knowledge I'm not hoarding my knowledge but at that point you're, you're a lazy. consultant it just means you're lazy and what am yeah. I doing you know, what's what did I do right I didn't live through the 70s and 80s like, right. like right. I don't I wasn't there I I yeah. did my I did my research. That's besides the point. I stopped doing it, but people get bamboozled all the time to use your word. Incredible. People, all the t- all the time because they don't know the history. If you knew the history, you'd know. I know from looking at a 1988 license for a Marilyn Manson shirt, it's complete bullshit. Yeah. It didn't exist. <laughs> it didn't exist. This is the consequence of not having poserdom in your repertoire and in the lexicon out there. Exactly. Exactly. This is the but, other side of that. You get yeah, taken. So, but um, I don't know what we're talking about. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you just you just have no to know. The, the the cost of shirts. Cost. Of, oh yeah, the economy of the economy of the vintage band. Yes. Or just vintage, just vintage merch tee. Yes. Note. Yes. Yes. Justifying the prices of shirts based off of your knowledge of said shirt. Yeah. So uh, when I bought the Burb shirt for a thousand dollars, I knew from looking for it for years, seeing what the price is or was whatever through let's say five different sellers i haven't seen it many times over yeah. the over the course of me doing this in general uh seen it maybe five times maybe five maybe three out of the five of those times were just the same shirt being passed around to a different person i don't know that for sure but i know there's not a lot of them out there it's so interesting i know that, that i was okay with paying a thousand dollars for my exact size with no major flaws because i know there's not many out there are you going to be wearing it? Or are you going to hold yeah. it? Yeah. I, I I wear all my shirts. I buy I buy a lot of them on tour too. And people yeah. are like, you're out of your fucking mind. You're, you know, you're, you're wearing these and you're sweating through them every day. I'm doing like uh, the Weezer tour was an outdoor amphitheater tour for five weeks. Yeah. And I'm wearing, I think the most expensive shirt I had with me was, uh, was probably in a $750, $800 shirt that I was yeah. wearing while I was working. And yeah, I could ruin it <laughs> technically, but it's like, What's what am I going to do? Not wear a shirt that I want to that I paid money for that I want to wear in the first place. And you're contributing um, to the patina of it. Like that's what makes it oh, yeah. look so cool. Yeah. 
is yeah. this, you know the the wear in it that like that's yeah. like a, a t-shirt like that's when it comes to life is when it gets broken in yes. and lived in i have i have a very very small percentage of my shirts that are dead stock yeah and do you know what dead stock means of course okay just i don't i always ask <laughs> i didn't mean that like a, do you know <laughs> no, no, no yeah I, for sure so for dead for anybody who doesn't know dead stock basically means never washed never worn basically straight out of the package right dead stock very, from very the small. store never been out of the stock room dead exactly. stock yes. yeah never 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 sold previously i don't know how it got to the 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 point of your closet yeah. but it wasn't worn by somebody else before you right wasn't washed before you um so i have a very very small percentage of shirts that were like that but i only buy those kind of shirts if i can't find what i'm looking for yeah and that's my only option. Yeah. There is a dwarf shirt, the punk band, the dwarves. Uh-huh. That, uh, one of my, another one of my favorite, I, one of my favorite punk records ever. Uh, the dwarves are young and good looking. Uh-huh. 1997 on Epitaph. Yeah. Um, it's just, oh, we talk about faces. It's just a big face. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big face with a, uh, with a ski mask on it, I believe. And, um, uh, it says, Dwarves are young and good looking on the bottom. Regardless, I couldn't find a good fitting version of that that was worn, like yeah. worn, worn. Yeah. And then someone on my auctions when I was doing them a couple of years ago knew that I wanted it and didn't tell me that he was running the shirt on auction, but he he showed the shirt and I was like, <gasps> I like showed my card right away. Like I, I, was, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put on a poker face. I was just like, oh my God. I was like, what's the measurements on that? It's like my perfect measurements, wow. but it's not brand new, but it was like black. It yeah. was black as black could be. <laughs> not, and I yeah. was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so bad. So I wear that as much as I can outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to try to try to deaden the black in it. Try. You know, it's funny you say that. I do the same thing, like especially like with more contemporary bands. Like I'll, I still buy band t-shirts, so like things look sure. yeah, too new. Yeah. So I'll wear them running outside. I'll wear them when I exercise, or I'll wear them like you know in where I'm doing like activity to get that wear and to get that sweat in there to kind of get that cracking in the graphic in there because shirts oh, yeah. look so much better when they're worn in. They really do. Oh, absolutely. And you know, yeah. I I balk at the prices these days, but like you know, like a but like a brand new T-shirt is now like seventy bucks on average. You know, like eighty bucks. I mean, you you know, I'm not talking about band stuff that's built printed on gilded. Oh, I was like, where? where? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like even like bootleg. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you an example. There's a bootlegger for a comic for comic books. There's like comic book T-shirt bootleggers, right? Sure. And they had a release, and the T-shirt it was printed on like you know comfort colors or whatever. But it's a front hit on the chest and the back and, the, you know, it's 70, 80 bucks after shipping and everything. So like, you know, you but you go to a store and like, you know, streetwear shirts are like 80 bucks now. Designer yeah. shirts are what, 300 bucks now? Yeah. So it makes sense that like a vintage tee would fetch 700 now. I mean, it sucks, yeah. but I mean, I get it. Here's Yeah, my my thing is, is if you see it all the damn time, it's probably not worth what ebay is putting it up as you know what i mean i like the reason that. it's not, the reason it's not sold the reason it's not sold is because somebody that's willing to pay x amount of money has already found it for less than that right you know what i mean it's it's bands like nirvana and 
and corn and and uh white zombie and and pearl jam and things the huge bands of that era i'm just using certain bands marilyn manson another perfect example massive 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 artists that did tours in arenas all year round for their whole most of their career you know what i mean yeah selling thousands upon thousands upon thousands of t-shirts every single show and I know this because I work in that industry yeah. and I do that. I'm the person shelling out their shirts now. A lot of those shirts aren't worth what people are paying for them, right? No way. No way. But but what people are paying for now is, oh, sorry, let me rephrase. Either they don't care, they just want it. And they're, they may, if they're, if they're going to keep it, great. Pay whatever the hell you want because it's your size it's it's exactly your your distressing to your liking whatever it is but when i buy a shirt now if it's for my personal use there are times i don't give a shit what the price is if it meets my exact qualifications of what i want in that shirt yeah right yeah but you have to think if you're if you're buying as a reseller as a reseller which means you're purchasing it for a price that you think you can resell and make money on if you're buying it for for market price, market value, you're you're gonna lose money on that deal, right? And they're not you know you know you're not looking deeper or waiting. You're just you kind of just pulling the trigger on. Oh shit, it's there for five hundred. Yeah, ah, yeah. You know it, it may not be here in ten minutes. I right. gotta buy it. Right. But it's like, what if it's a Nirvana shirt that was literally printed thousands and sold thousands and thousands of times on the nineteen ninety one Nevermind tour? Right. You know how many. Even even '90s versions on the on the giant tag, 1991, 1992 licensing, whatever. The smiley face shirt. You know how many of those are out there? I know. A billion. I know. A fucking billion. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many. Yeah. And it, at one time, that was a four or five hundred dollar T-shirt because people were just like, "Oh my god, it's a Nirvana shirt." Yeah. But if you if you just wait that one out, hypothetically, of course, if you just wait it out. You're going to find one that's not priced psychotically because there's so many printed. Right. However, when thinking of, of Nirvana, when you get into the sub pop bleach era, uh -huh. that's where it's like, all right, those prices are really skyrocketing because dwindling. There's not many left. What are those fetch right now? It depends on the, it depends on the tag. It depends $1, $1,000. Some go go north of yeah. Really? There's and I you know what's funny? I can't even necessarily pinpoint exactly the difference. Um, I think it has to do a lot with um uh the 89 and the 91 version, but there's a there's a specific one of it's a bleach era sub pop nirvana t-shirt from 89 on the Onida tag. Mm -hmm. And some people may listen to this and be like, you're fucking wrong. I'm not the biggest Nirvana guy. I got a I got a pretty good Nirvana collection, but it's it's mostly to hoard. <laughs> sure. It's mostly to hoard. Um, I don't have one of these, but uh, I know people that are 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 selling some of those era shirts for for two, three, four, five thousand dollars. Oh, that's great. yeah, because it's just there's I mean it's the earliest version of Nirvana or one of the earliest versions of Nirvana as we know it for the most part. Incredible, exclude excluding um. Uh, Dave, you know, yeah. So it, it's it's just there's certain you have to get you know we could say it we beat the dead horse. You have to know what the hell you're looking at. Yeah. All right. So like, what 
what do you see going on now? What are people, what, 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 what are the t-shirts like? What are, what's like the next, the next wave in terms of um, like merch, like IP and style that's on these vintage tees. What do you see on the horizon? What are you buying up now? I know (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want you to blow your spot up, but like, can you give me a glimpse of like, what's the next wave of this stuff? Of like what's selling? Yeah, like what, you know, like what you've been seeing, what's becoming vintage now from a certain era, you know, like every, everybody who's had a name for themselves for quite some time is just reprinting their old merch. Right. It's, it's great. It's crazy to say, but that's what's selling now. Yeah. It's, it's not, nobody's, nobody's really creating new iconic designs. Like look at, Look at the misfits doing their reunion shows right now. They're the yeah. like the two or three a year. There's a million shirts with just the the face on it, you know, the the crimson. By the way, ghost. I went to go see my wife and I went to go see the last um LA reunion show with and there like wasn't any merch. There was like one or two shirts, honestly, dude. That's interesting. I had my money ready. Oh yeah. The Philly well the the, the Philly show I think they just did uh had a ton of merch, regardless, really? but that's it's just everybody. But it's all the just, same thing, right? Yeah. Yes. So I was death with, metal uh, bands are making some great merch right now. Yeah, that, yeah. There's some killer stuff being. Yeah. Out but there. they've always made great merch. So true. It's all just it's all just super, super bloody and chaotic. Oh. You know but then I mean? like it's there's always, like psychedelic stuff now. Like they're like it's and no yeah. faces, no faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's very few death metal shirts with faces on them. Very. It's like Cannibal Corpse, which is like also the the whole proliferation like i love that those drawings but like yeah i'm not wearing them on a shirt but talk about like an explosion yeah i have animal corpse tees are going off for the they've been going off for the past few years i have two cannibal shirts one's a reprint that i cut the sleeves off of because i Mm -hmm. needed a shirt to wear over the summer like where i was working and i just didn't have sleeves on it so i didn't care but that's uh that's an eaten back to life shirt with is basically just uh incredible uh artistry yeah. in those shirts. Yeah. And then the other one is the Hammer Smash face shirt, but the incredible. original incredible. uh the original from 92 European tour, maybe that's 91, incredible. I forget. And that one is literally a hammer in the side of a cartoon-esque driven driven uh drawn face. It's a hammer in the side of the head with blood splatter. I vaguely remember this. My oh, brother, my brother's in the, it, my brother's in the audience at the Ace Ventura Cannibal Corpse show at the Cameo Theater. Oh, great, he was an yeah. extra that day. Yeah, he was in that audience. He comes home. He didn't know what he was. Just went with a friend. He's like, "Hey, you want to be an extra in a movie?" He goes. This is like '88 or whenever they were shooting Ace Ventura in Miami. Yeah, he comes home. He's like, Adam. There's this band that I just saw that was incredible They're called Cannibal Corpse. And I kid you not, like Hammer Smash Face was on repeat on the way to school for months after that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that graphic because he had the EP. It was like there was there was um, I think it was like a Black Sabbath cover was on. It was like a B side or something. There's like a Black Sabbath zero to hero like cover on one of them. I I remember that. I remember there was a cartoon of a Hammer Smash Face. Yes. I want to see that. To my knowledge, it's their most probably their most sought after shirt. And I, it, I traded something very expensive to get it because I see more of the one that I had that that I traded more than I see the Hammer Smash face shirt for sale. Yes. So that's yes. another thing of knowing what's out there. Yeah, the shirt that I the shirt that I traded for it, I see pretty damn often. 
Yeah. So the fact that I can get my hands on it for a swap, just one sweet yeah. one swap, I was like, great, take it. Cause I could always try to find my perfect size again on the shirt that I got rid of. Yeah. Um, death metal is one of those things where like, you know, there's a bunch of XLs out there because there was no one buying yeah. medium death yes. metal shirts. Yes. But uh, what <laughs> I was getting time. at before is what I was getting at before is just everybody's printing their old designs again. Right. Um, for example, and I'm not a dinosaur junior fan. Uh, I, I can't claim to know anything that they've really done. I know their songs if I hear one, but like, I, I'm not a, I'm not really interested. Um, I was working for somebody at a, at a venue that's attached to another venue in Albuquerque. Right. So I was in the one side and then there's another stage in the other side and they were playing in there. So before the show, I just, I walked into the other venue and uh, I just wanted to see what their merch was. And it's all, I, if they had 10 shirts, eight of them were just old designs. Yeah. Wow. And that's just what bands are of doing. Of that iconic cover, right? I mean, they were, they were, they have a bunch of pretty popular designs from back in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, I'd say at least seven or eight of them were just old designs that they just reprinted and they're, they're using them from their tours now. Good for them. Yeah. They ha they ha it's like an IP, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, but that's, that's great. I don't know. The problem with the music industry now when it comes to underground music is that, the landscape of music right now is not allowing artists to really grow into iconic artists. There's so few bands from, from underground music. And when I say that, I'm talking any of the subgenres, any of the, the, the underground genres, whether you want to call it metal, punk, indie, emo, whatever, new metal, any of that, anything. There's so few bands that have made it out to become a, a bigger artist. And when I say bigger, I know the difference because I've, I've worked from the smallest VFW halls, the smallest bars up until up to stadiums. I've worked them all. They're not creating or allow, no, I can't say allowing, but it's just it, it, TV and movies and, and things of that nature don't allow those bands to grow much. Sure. Uh, and the labels aren't really taking risks on artists like that because it's not it's not the the mumble rap guy and the and the Taylor Swift esque mm -hmm. kind of girl woman uh, uh, writing, you know, pop songs. It's just it's if it's not that it's it's just not their focus. And I understand it because, you know, that's how they make their money it's the, to the masses of humanity. But the reason why you're not going to see a whole lot of of band merch be iconic anymore is because those bands aren't growing. If you look at any major festival around the country at any given time, even the world, even, even in Europe and et cetera, it's all bands that have been around for 30, 40 years, yeah. all of them, every single one of them, every yeah. one of them, every festival, it's just bands that have been around so they can reprint all that shit because it's recognizable. But today's bands, there's only a few bands that have actually started to make that creep into we're going to last. We're going to be the new right. whatever in 20 years. There's only yeah. a very, very few. And I can name them. Some I know personally, some I don't. Um, but in my world, I've toured, like I said, from the, the from A artists to the smallest things you can ever imagine. Um, there's only a couple that have actually gotten into the next level list them and the next let's level it. let's hear it a day to remember mm -hmm. and once again these are it doesn't matter what genre they are it's just the bands yeah. that have actually did 
from the get-go, small, nothing, independent bands grinded for a long time and finally got out of that and can headline arenas and things like that. Because there are so few people that can headline arenas now. It is crazy that haven't been around for 30 years. Right. Anyway, uh, 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 a Day to Remember is one. Bring Me to the Horizon is the second one. They're, Terrible they're merch. Not, they don't have good merch, do they? No, <laughs> not really. Right. Well, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, it's just not my thing, but right. maybe, maybe kids will think that it is, but I, I don't, I I see it. And it's, it's the same fucking shit I've seen forever. <laughs> they are a band uh, that I was in my head as I was listing earlier in the conversation, I, I should have brought up in the sense of like, you don't see good. And I'm not like a stand for bringing me the horizon, but I'm aware of them. They've been around a yeah. long enough time. You don't see vintage merch. I mean, they've been around, I mean, they're like a few years after My Chemical Romance yeah, era. They've been around very, a while. Yeah, they've been maybe like five to six years after after My Chemical Romance. That was era. Like so a there's a thing. Yeah. They've been around yeah. a while. You don't see yeah. good Not a lot. vintage merch. Not maybe that's lot, the next wave. I don't know. But go on. The Data Remember, Remember, Bring the Horizon. Uh, a new one that's kind of uh, uh, popping. Popping. Oh, God, I just lost it. It was there. Um. Oh, my God. I just had it. Shit. <laughs> I threw you uh, off. There's a third. What's that? I threw you off my tangent. Yeah, there was a third. God, there was a third. Um, well, actually, the brand, the, the newest that I think is going to be the next one is Turnstile. Have you heard of Turnstile? Sure. Yet? Yeah, they're a big the Turnstile band. Turnstile is is the is the the newest. I think is going to finally break away and be their own eventually. Like a big band. Uh, they're, they're doing they're doing the biggest clubs you can do in the states right now. Yeah, and the headlining them and selling them out. That's that's when you know you're like, oh, okay, we could probably take that next step. But that's, it, that's the hardest part for hardcore, that's the right? Part. Oh, incredible, incredible! Anybody who thinks otherwise is fucking is is in the Stone Ages. It's right. incredible. Great gateway band, but also yes. they write oh hits. You can't deny yes. they don't write hits. But they're they're the the newest, most like the luckiest. I can't even believe it. Like kind of scenario, the brand new. But they're they're the newest one. So that's just three off the top of my head. The data remember has been grinding forever. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a fan or it's, it has nothing to do with it. It's just that band. I played with that band in 2006 in Indiana in a VFW hall with 200 people in it. Cool. And they played it one, 1 a.m. because the promoter didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And the, and the whole, the whole show was just late, super late. And people were there and people were singing every word. And I was like, damn, this band really, People give people give a shit, and now wow. to see that they get headline arenas, it's like that's crazy. But there's wow. so few bands that are able to do that. They're number one. Bring the horizons, same thing. Played with them in 2007 in a club, maybe like 500 cap club, and people were going nuts then. Now yeah. they're headlining arenas and headlining sure. festivals. And I, I missed that other third one I was thinking of. Uh, but, nails, uh, right? Turn nails, nails. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Turnstile is probably the newest one that's finally. Like breaking the barrier of like, oh yeah, we're not just a hardcore band anymore. Right. Like people of every walks of like walks of life can hear that band and go, oh, that's Turnstile, which is unbelievably difficult to do. Right. Unbelievably difficult. Are you uh, buying up yeah, all those, their merch now and putting it, it, it away? The music industry is just not allowing bands to grow like they used to because they they're not forking the money into real like advertising for them to reach the masses we had mtv as as a kid 
where even if even if it was a headbangers ball, it was at least something to put those bands into the limelight. And a lot of those bands still exist because they had the ability to be brought to a wider audience. The not still it doesn't really exist like that anymore. You yeah. have TikTok, you have Twitter, you have Spotify, you have all that shit that could help those bands grow, but that's all luck. It's all luck. It's not manufactured. We're putting you out there because we believe in your band. That does. It's very rare that that happens now. Right. But there's so much great music. There's like amazing there's music. Out tons, there. but you have to find it. Yeah. You have to find it. Well, I'd rather that than the, the, the alternative where I'm, I'm but I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no artist development. Way. I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. I'm not saying it's a good way or a bad way, but it's like, it, it it's not as accessible anymore for those bands to really have sure. a career. Because sure. I have fr- I have friends and bands that have been doing it forever that still can't put can't put a thousand people into a room. How do you survive? Right. How do you survive? And that doesn't grow. Art. Just wait. Just I'm telling you. Just wait. All, there's going to be bands that die. That Metallica can't go on until they're eighty. They can't. Sure. Sure. Uh, it, there's there's bands of that era or whatever they're gonna eventually they're gonna die off. You see what yeah. Aerosmith, Aerosmith's doing their last tour, Kiss is doing their last tours. Yeah, Rolling Stones, I can't believe are still around, but those bands yeah. will go away in the next ten to fifteen years, yeah. twenty years, whatever. And then there's gonna be so few bands that can fill the spots. That's right. It's, it's, it's interesting it's, that we're talking about bands, like in problem. particular guitar music, like in particular, yeah. like I was talking about this with, um, I have another interview. That I, that's coming soon. It's like, I haven't posted it yet. Um, it's the one that I, I did uh, prior to this one mm-hmm. where we're talking about um, how the idea of like guitar music and I made it a comment about how um, guitar music is really the only music that I want to go see live. I love rap. I love electronic music, yeah. but I like listening to that in my car or at a club. I I I I want to go see a band play live, and, I, and you know, guitar music. It doesn't just have to be guitar music. A band. I want to go see a, a group of people together creating a sound through instruments. Like that's what kind of what I mean. We the episode's about guitars, but you know, the you you get what I'm saying. Like going to see a that's band, cool. going to see people create the song, recreate the song on stage, not with a loop. I mean, backing track, whatever. But like actually making the song happen on stage at that time is something that that's what gets me out of the house. That's what's going to get yeah. me back to going shows again. It's, you know, I I love all types of music, but that's the stuff that gets me really excited to go see. Like I mentioned like Sun O, like going to see them live is like incredible. Yeah. It's like an experience, you know, um, bands like, you know, Oh, you just maybe, I'm so sorry. Ghost is another one. Uh huh. Oh, that's the Ghost, th- fourth one. Ghost yeah. found their Ghost found their way. Right. It, and it only it took it took uh 10 years but they did it yeah so there you go they, yeah but um anyway, yeah. sorry <laughs> but 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 to your point bands um it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see who fills that big entertaining and entertainment mm-hmm. slot in those arenas that's interesting yeah and stadiums is it going to be misfit reunion tours uh, maybe that's, that's what i'm saying i mean those bands can't last forever yeah there if you look at any any festival this year just this year you, i mean look at the look at the last 10 years yeah it's the same headliners over and over and over again right. and they're all bands that have been around for the legacy. past like yeah. 40 years they're legacy yes. bands yes for sure metallica guns and roses kiss 
Foo Fighters, uh, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Ramstein. It's the mm-hmm. Deftones. It's mm-hmm. the same. And I'm not against any of that. I'm just sure. saying that there's going to be a time 10, 15 years from now where all those dudes are in their 50s, 60s, so on. And they're like, fuck this. We're too, we're rich already. Right. It's done. It's right. over. It's right. starting right. It's starting right now. Yeah. It's starting right now. And it's, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good look when, when there's no stars being created. And I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling guy, right? Huge wrestling guy. And you, you, it takes time, but eventually WWE, AEW, things like that. Take these nothing guys, the brand new guys, and they're slowly, slowly, slowly building them to be the top guys. Yeah. Music industry doesn't really have that anymore. But it also like comes out of hardcore, like the most interesting music that's been for me, like um, in terms of like guitar music and stuff, it's been hardcore or like um, like world music, like stuff that's not Western at all. Sure. But like hardcore prevails, right? It's only gotten bigger no? It, hardcore is in. I've been into hardcore since ninety nine, I think. Yeah, and it's the biggest. It's the biggest I've ever seen it right now. Right, by by far. So that's cool. But, but and I I think it's incredible. And it's influenced uh, culture at large. Like even like iconography yeah. of like I'm sure if you look at you know like a Taylor Swift piece of merch or whatever you know like you'd yeah. be like oh like that's a hardcore, you know yeah. they were doing that first in hardcore and stuff you know so like yeah I guess that's cool. It's it's very cool. Um, <laughs> it, what's weird about that too, though, is um, and I, I the reason why I I broke my band up in 2013 after being a, a real band for ten years and touring and putting out records on labels and all the all the bullshit that goes with it really did it uh, was because I, I it gets to a point where it's like I have to be an adult in an ever changing world that is gonna crush you. Oh, it's unsustainable. I imagine being in a hardcore it's band, unbelievably different. And I wasn't in a hard; I was in a metal band. Uh, with Any type of band, enemies, yeah. But like, oh, yeah, my. it's 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 very it's very crazy. Uh, I can't even imagine what it's like and what it takes to get to a sustainable point now in today's standards. Yeah. By when I was when I was touring as an artist, where it was ten plus years ago. Uh, and we were struggling then like it's a different it's a completely different world yeah now instagram was barely a fucking thing back then and twitter was new but it wasn't used in the way that we use it now uh or yeah it's just it's different now spotify i don't think existed yet um so like there's there's a lot of ways you can prevail but still like everything's so much more expensive now like i don't envy starting from scratch and trying to really make it your whole existence now you know what i mean yeah i mean it's almost something you have to start and this is like for acting too or anything pretty much anything in the arts you have to start when you're a child when like yeah. you get all yeah. the kinks out before you have to make it a profession yes so you it's, it, it's, it's you know so it like be kind of never it, it seems like it has to be something that is set from the get-go and you never divert away from it you just eventually start making money doing it it's never like oh i was hustling and trying to do this it's like it never was anything different i think one of the one of the craziest double-edged swords that i came to realize towards the end of the band that i sang for was we achieved so much in in almost 10 years 
touring with some of our favorite bands and putting out label, uh, putting out records that like I could go physically find in a store, like, all that kind of stuff was you start it with no intention whatsoever. You're just like, this is going to be fun. This is cool. We're going to play shows with our friends and, and maybe we'll play out of state once or twice or whatever. Yeah. And then like, and then it becomes a business. And then sometimes it's really not fun at all. I imagine so. Your your entire intention is just like, let's have a good time. And like, we're not going to make money. Who who gives a shit if we if we drive five hours to play this festival and no, we're not getting paid to do it. We just want to play. Right. It's like that exists at some time. And then sometime in the future, you're just like, wow, I am so broke and beat up and it's not fun anymore other than the half hour that we're on stage. Like it, it's, it's such a weird double-edged sword becoming a detriment to my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's that's like conflicting. That. I imagine that being a very super, conflicting thing, super conflicting and super hard to swallow. Yeah. Uh, and I was only, I was only in my mid twenties. I, I dropped out of high school when I was 17 to do my first tour. Uh, I did my first tour. I came back and I stopped going to school. I you just, were so I close. Was that yeah. junior year? No, no, no I wasn't going to, I was going to graduate anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I just, I, I, I was so indebted to my band at the time that I stopped really doing anything to make me a good student. Yeah. I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't go a lot of the times. And then when I went on that first tour, I was like, that's it. It's like, that's all I ever want. This is it. This is what wow. I want. And then I stopped. And now 17 years later, it's my career, yeah. but you know, we, it, we started, I mean, just not caring about anything, just this go, 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 go. And then you achieve all this really cool stuff. And then somewhere in the line, you're like, wow, I I've only eaten a, a McDouble every day for $2 this entire week. <laughs> and like, I don't know how to sustain, I don't know how to pay my rent when I get home.